0: so we're recording yeah we're recording yep let's roll all right this is the advanced after combat podcast it's a podcast about wargaming uh playing wargames and generally uh i guess the experiences of our wargaming community um this podcast is brought to you by myself dave uh my my bromance partner jason hello and uh, our mystery guest, who we select from our guild on BGG each month, who this time is Rex Gator. Go Gators! Let's do it for that kind of, man. Yeah, that's irony, right? Right now, <laughs> uh, it, not... it, it, trust that
1: is... me, I'm waiting for the second part of the sports hazing to happen later in the podcast.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's ironic, right? And so you're like. You're... You're like the Gators rule. Although the Duke Blue Devils just recently got into the pinstripe bowl, which is in Yankee Stadium. Yeah,
2: ASU in the Cactus Bowl, which is also at a
0: baseball stadium here.
2: It's but at least that's
0: nearby. I'm like, yeah, we're not going yeah. to the pinstripe bowl, so that's not going to happen. So, sorry, well, Justin. Sorry, Justin Martinez. would love to
3: come <laughs> visit, buddy.
1: The, the problem is we were supposed to be terrible this year, so going into it, if you told me that we'd win eight games, I would have probably suggested you seek mental health counseling. They got your uh, hopes up. They got your hopes, oh, hopes yeah. up.
3: Just so close we, enough.
1: Just close enough, and then we play like crap the rest of the season. So good times.
0: Yeah, Duke uh, strangely should be a really great passing team with uh Cutliff. He like thought like Peyton Manning had to be a quarterback, and yet they don't seem to get the great quarterbacks. So I still haven't figured out what's going on with the Blue Devils. It's recruiting. Yeah, right. But you think like if you're a good academic school, you could get a quarterback. Like I get that you don't get good defensive linemen, or like, you know, whatever, like the big yeah. boys. They are always yeah. the smartest guys. You think you could get a quarterback, but no. But yeah, so anyway, so uh, Rex is our mystery host. And uh, Rex, we always have a couple questions we're going to ask initially. Uh, the first one, obviously, is going to be uh, how old were you when you had your first sexual experience? I was wondering what my safe word was going to be for this
1: whole experience. So Pop, Popcorn.
0: Don't remember. How's that sound? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Too young to remember. So bad. Okay. There's obviously might be a little bit trauma associated with that. Uh, how about your okay. favorite war game that you're currently playing? Is that safe? That is safe.
1: That's safe. Okay. Uh, this is your fault, Dave. I'm going to say Advanced Squad Leader. Not that I'm playing that much at this point.
0: Now, how is that my fault?
1: Because if you hadn't been posting all of your ASL Valor of the Guards porn, um, I never would have gotten sucked into this thing. So
0: so did you play ASL at all before? Or was that kind of your first time where you were, uh, you were introduced to the game?
1: Uh, not really played before. Like, I played Squad Leader uh way 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 back and i bought the asl rulebook opened it up looked at it and said wow this is really way beyond anything i'm willing to do and then just kind of set aside set aside set aside set aside and then i see you guys playing the historical stuff and i really was getting the itch to play the historical side versus just the generic combat commander scenarios although i realized i just put my life at risk by
0: I mean, they, they do look kind of sanitary, don't they? When, like when you see a Combat Commander game, you're like, okay, I guess that's Arnhem. Like, it's it's a town.
1: Exactly. I mean, Combat Commander is a great game. It
0: just doesn't do much for my historical World War ii
1: uh, yeah, Yes, yeah.
0: and, and uh, I feel the same way about the generic ASL scenarios generally, you know, where I'm like, okay. But I agree, like the, the – passable gamers for the most part, where uh, you want to see the uh, UniverMag department store in Stalingrad or the attack on the, the Central Railway Station. I mean, that's the cool stuff about ASL, I think.
1: No, yeah, I agree. The To me, the generic scenarios are just a means to an end, just to teach me how to play the system so I can flop down, battle the guards or red barricade, something like that. Yeah, and for the
0: uh, record, we recently seduced Reeves to the system also. So and you guys was, are spreading the good word. I, yeah, I, I, I played a little bit with him and he was like, okay, this is going to be the one. So
1: yeah, I noticed that and he's not on the other side of the earth when he's potentially going to be available to play. So uh, happy to see some more East coast, acceptable <laughs> there you go. uh, gaming going on.
0: Yeah, you know, though Reeves hangs out late at night in the cold corners, pulling his collar up to keep himself warm as he looks for cars coming by. <laughs> you know, He's out there. He's available. <laughs> night,
1: He's putting so. in work. You're in Canada.
0: What else do you got to do? Exactly. And, and you know, male prostitutes, much more it's got affordable to in Canada, depending on the exchange rate. You know, it all Man. depends. You work hard for that money. Absolutely. Okay, so ASL right now is your big thing. What's the latest ASL project product you bought?
1: Uh, I went in on the Black Friday sale at Bounding Fire Productions, and I got the
0: uh, Crucible of Steel, the big cursed pack. Okay, so you're deep down the rabbit hole. At this oh, I'm way, like, way, you're, way. like you're you're buying from third party producers.
1: <laughs> no, you don't even understand. So um, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Crucible Steel is a great product. I have it. It's really nice. So really sweet product. Now, oh yeah. You- this- have you gotten me. any of the, uh, other, other stuff? You know, They have St. Nazaire. Uh, is that La Tour that does that? There's a oh, whole bunch of great third-party products out there. There
1: are. I have the uh, LFT Operation Chariot, the St. Nazaire, and motor torpedo landing rules that obviously would be so important 99% of the time you play. And I have got Comfort Group Shearer, which is really the, the hassle module that got me really interested
0: in doing this because no, this, it actually... is the one, this is the one that has the map that's like one one weather on one side and you can flip it and it's winter on the other Well oh, it's two separate maps one of which is a beautiful wintry white uh
1: snow setting with a frozen river and then since the campaign went from january to i think may they've got a second map for spring and summer where now the river's running everything's green so uh, they spared no expense. Well, I spared no expense. They spared no effort <laughs> in uh,
0: producing this thing.
1: So Yeah, those,
0: those third-party ones, while they are really nice, they also are quite pricey. Well, we're
1: going to talk about miniatures at some point tonight. And once you start talking about miniatures, the prices for these board games really pale in comparison.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting too because uh, I think uh, when I bought... Uh, Crucible of Steel, while well, it's a great game. Uh, the interesting thing about it is it actually comes with, I think they did new counters for all of Blood and Jungle. So, I, I, like, most of the counters that came with Crucible of Steel are actually replacement counters, I think, for the uh, previous game. They did. So I was like, well, right on. What a great company. You know, they're just going to they'll pump out all this extra stuff for you.
3: Yeah,
1: I definitely think Pretty the cool. the good third party Producers understand that they're going to charge a premium, but they got to take care of their customers to get them to come back.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't clear at the time when I got a crucible steel, like why all those counters were there. It was, like, I, it was kind of weird to me. I'm like, I got six counter sheets and four from a product that I don't have, <laughs> but I guess it's good that they're replacing them. Don't have it yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, was also correct. We'll, we'll get into financial aspects later. Okay, so ASL like, and so w- at, at any point had you played ASL? Like, when is the first time do you think that that you actually played the game? Uh, probably earlier
1: this year. Um, All good and I started messing around playing uh, Streets of Stalingrad. I think. Wait, what's the what's the original
0: Red Bear first, Kids?
1: No, no, no. The very first squad leader scenario, and then they redid it for advanced squad squad leader. So it was like. Commando Shank? No, it wasn't Shank. It was, gosh, what was it? I think it was Streets of Stalingrad. Because um, I just had fond memories of playing that way, way, way back. So uh, he and I played it for, we probably got three or four sessions in. Then he had to go on vacation and, you know, uh,
0: distract he's, the gamer that I am. He's, he's very selfish, too. John's very <laughs> selfish. Okay. <Mark. laughs> So so that's pretty new that now that you've branched out and gotten all these how much how much do you estimate that you've purchased in ASL products in this year? Uh,
1: do don't, I have to say that? Don't want to be
0: recorded. Yeah. Over, over under? Your wife is going to listen to this. <laughs> No, only uh, the, duck, only the duckless His wife listens to this My, my yeah. wife
2: will listen every once in a while, and she'll comment. I'm like,
0: duh, I need to remember this thing. being recorded. I let uh, my wife listen to five minutes once, and then I said, I'm never doing that again. I think I'm probably no, safe.
1: We were driving home from a uh, holiday party the other night, and she was checking Facebook on her phone, so I figured, wow, well, you know, she's checking Facebook on her phone, so I... Uh, popped up a podcast, I was gonna to listen to a podcast, and she turns, she goes, what? We're not gonna talk? I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> stop on the podcast. And- yeah, no, I
0: thought 10 year anniversary present was something for her, and then you don't have to talk to her anymore, wasn't that the present <laughs> <Exactly>. for you? <laughs> yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, going, I'm coming the fine print right now, just seeing what my options are.
0: So you, so you will not answer the question about how much you spent on ASL this year? You're going, to, you're going to plead the fifth it, at this point? It
1: would be a hard number. I mean, I could guesstimate. It's probably under a 1,000 would be my that guess. Liar. You are wow. A
0: liar. Rex, <laughs> you are such a liar. You're a total liar. A liar. <laughs> Mrs. Gator, he's lying right now. Well, can we say net? Because no, I, I,
1: th- I sold my uh, uh, rising sun to Justin because I thought Pacific's probably going to be a ways down the road for me. So, I got a little nutty with that. So, that uh, shaved a little bit off. But yeah, that,
0: that's the good thing when you start telling your wife where they're like investments. The games are like they they, they increase in value as they move on. And like, exactly, I, I still with the pre-orders. My wife's like, "What the fuck? Another? What is this thing?" I'm like, "It's a pre-order. I'm like making money when that thing comes in." Yeah, it's I paid like- less.
2: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna sell for more. It's fine
0: and they they have been the pre-orders by the way have been hammering me thanks a lot mitch i really appreciate I that. that
3: yeah.
0: uh, india pakistan game that came in that was a real guilt winner in my household perfect, perfect <laughs> so timing so <laughs> any
2: chance
1: she's confused those boxes as a uh, christmas present that you got for her oh
0: no she knows what they are when they come yeah she and, knows and the, not. the name gmt then i saw gmt i'm like two more charging i was like dauntless and uh Got another one was charged, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, you guys are killing me right now. Are you just uh, auto-signed
1: up for all their P500s?
0: No, it, but it's just it's a weird thing where uh, a bunch of the games just happened to back up and then come in and slam me at once.
2: No, that happened to me last year. I got hit with, like, three in the same month, and it it hurt. That was a hard conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see. I mean, I, I think the the... It, it kind of makes me appreciate those old stalwarts like Fields of Fire. I'm like, oh, Fields of Fire, you're never going to really come. I love you. Like you take care of me. I've I've had you on pre-order for three years now, and you just sit back there. You're not going to ambush my my bank account and make my wife all upset with me.
2: Exactly. It's just it's just a long lost goal. You, you can look yeah. at it and. Maybe someday, but probably not.
0: And I whatever not have to pay to those, for whatever you. Whatever happened to those wonderful games that would just sit on pre-order for three years? And, and oh, and then I bought uh, a uh de Quatre Bra, right? Quatre Catra Bra or whatever. And uh, that one came in. My wife was like, "What the fuck is this?" But I'm like, "I had to get it. Come on! Like it was a
1: limited release. It's gonna cost a lot
0: more later. So trust me, you're happy." She's like, "She's like, do you even play that?" And I'm like, well, I'm have been, I i like, well, into a different system right now, but it is Lombatai. <laughs> <laughs> that's so so I, funny. Uh, I had bought a game called
1: uh, Lost Battles. The people that produced it were the same ones that did Where There's Discord, that the yep. fifth column games over in England. It was originally a book written by a military history professor. He came up with a system to – Phil re- Sabin, right? Yeah, Phil Sabin to recreate ancient battles. And it was, just like all the other fifth-column games, super awesome, overproduced in all reality. And I never did anything with it. I looked at the rule book and it still was just a little too fiddly because it was trying to give you a system that would let you cover 2,000 years of ancient battles. So I finally sold it for like 300 bucks because it's just – been out of print and it's a great thing (laughs) made the mistake of telling my
0: wife and she's like
1: oh what are we going to do with that money and i'm like uh
0: (laughs) no you don't understand i'm going to reinvest it that's what they say that's a good investment all the investors (laughs) say you should do that
1: (laughs) exactly this is this is asl money is what this is so that went over great
0: yeah it's a it's a constant struggle like the financial issue is always that's always something my wife checks out. Like I've learned, we did this. Uh, we had this thing. I guess they do this. I pay or like Apple Pay, where my wife gets like now text messages whenever I use my American Express card. Oh yeah, so I, I've, much I've fun. learned. I've learned to shift expenses <laughs> over to Mastercard. <laughs> <laughs> PayPal is your friend, Dave. PayPal is yeah, your friend, and it is if only because some of these small companies. They're wonderful. They're great. Uh, I don't trust any of their internet security as far as like how they can't be hacked or their websites or their portals. So PayPal is useful, actually. I would recommend using it for any of these types of purchases because uh, they've got your credit card information, and you don't really know how good Clash of Arms or even GMT is at safeguarding.
3: Now. Well,
1: I'm pretty comfortable that somebody to break into Clash of Arms office, go through their file cabinet, open the file folders where they have handwritten notes.
0: That's right. There's a That's... three by five with your credit card number. <laughs>
1: Talk about a, it's an, a it's 18th an century gaming. They really are, are being true to their cause here by, uh, using the 18th century accounting system.
0: That's right. They, they did not receive the courier message for your purchase. So That's right. the pigeon got lost. All right. So Rex, uh, I don't want to get too chatty with you because there's a quiz. And, you, and I, I have to say you've been already vouched for by the medicine man who you actually have gamed with. So I knew you were going to be a good guy on the podcast, but we have a quiz that we have to do. So we have to get it done. you I, ready
1: for it? I, I, I'm going to say something incredibly stupid at the beginning just to doom myself. Because listen to all the quizzes in the past. I thought, you know, probably traditionally I'd. Get 55, 60% of these. The, the quiz correct. is easy,
0: dude. It's easy. You'll, you'll
1: do great. So I'm quite confident that I'm going to swing for one or two uh, all quiz. But yeah, let's do this thing. So when you say one or two, you're saying two out of
0: 20? or
1: Yeah, let's set the bar nice and low.
0: And remember, bonus is your friend. That's when you really score the points when you get the bonus.
2: <laughs> because they're worth exactly the same as everything else. And I am I am not sitting
1: in my game room, and all my military history books are in my game room with my games. So I have no external resources, as far as you know.
0: Hey, uh, Jason. So, did you saw the uh, recent uh, 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 advanced after combat symbol that we made? Matt Bucler made it. where did. The hand. What do you think of that? That's good. I like it. All right. We, we need to, to do shirts. To we might have to yeah. do something with that work I'll Enjoy yeah. that. Okay, so, so Rex, you're saying that you will do the quiz? I don't think I have any choice. No, you do have a choice. You don't have to do it. It's voluntary.
1: I so, so want to throw off this whole thing by saying, okay, let's just move on to something else. Uh, I'll be a good sport, and I'll take my lumps.
0: Wow, that's a very negative attitude about the quiz. Right. <laughs> so, uh, question number one. Name, oh, uh, we always say question number one. It's really command number one. Name, you will name the five commanders of the Army of the Potomac during the U.S. Civil War. Okay. McDowell, Booker,
1: Meade, correct, correct?
0: Correct. That's three correct.
1: Burnside.
0: Grant. You're doing great. Okay, so Grant was never actually the commander of the Army of the Potomac.
1: Yeah, I was when when on Grant a limb there. was in
0: charge, it was actually Meade that was the commander. the The gentleman that you missed. Oh, I can't I, believe. I missed McClellan. Ironically, you missed George McClellan, maybe the worst general of the Army of the Potomac. That's probably what it was.
1: Famous. I probably just blotted him out because he was so terrible.
0: But the good news is you got four right. You got McDowell. So you're already you got, ahead of your curve. You got Burnside. You got Hooker. And you got Meade. So um, yeah, the the really good news is we're not going to delete this podcast. <laughs> this podcast will actually be posted up on the internet for everyone to enjoy or listen to. You ready for
1: question number two? I, uh, question one really wore me out, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> right.
0: For each, hey in there. for each listed battle name, which European war it is associated with. So I'm going to give you a battle and then you're going to tell me the war that it's associated with. Sounds- Agincourt, Agincourt. A hundred years war. Correct.
1: Zorndorf. Seven years
0: war. Correct, Recroy. Rocroi. R O C R O I. Because I might not be pronouncing it correctly. Thirty Years War. Correct. Jason, you keeping score? I am. All right. Fontenoy.
1: War of Austrian Succession.
0: Correct. God, dude, why I can't we get you. guys like this on the podcast? Come on! This is amazing.
1: Between lucky Mars- and good, I'll take lucky.
0: Marston Moore. English Civil War. Fuck yes, five out of five. That was awesome. God, it's like ridiculous. So now Rex, I know if if you get a really good score, you're definitely gonna be like, that's it, I'm coming to Game On in February.
1: Um, Only if you have a place for me to live after I unilaterally (laughs) go came On and have no place to come home to.
0: Yeah, no, I only have a room at a hotel where if you would close your eyes during the times when the spice channel is active, I think we could interact with each other and be fine. So,
3: very nice. So
0: we get we get question number 3. Are you ready, Rex? Okay. Name five types of heavy allied bombers in service during World War 2. Uh, Fortress, Flying Fortress, Liberator, Can, can Well, shit, can you. Is that the. What's the flying fortress? Is that the B 29? B 17 Flying Fortress. Fucking Braxton, can you give me more information
1: on these quizzes? B 24 Liberator. B 29 Super Fortress. And now I have to think of the British
0: bombers. Yeah, this is feeling like work. Uh, uh, These are heavy Allied bombers. uh, You got B 17, B 24, and B 29. Uh, the British Lancaster. Correct. Um, oh my God! You other, you other mystery hosts. You guys are pathetic. This is so bad. So embarrassing. He's making a mockery of the quiz.
3: <laughs> As he um, continues
1: drinking. Yep. Let me think
0: about this last one. Yeah, Rex, by the way, what is your mysterious drink that you're drinking that's giving you this magical power? Um, in tribute to you guys... Is I, it Maximus? Are you drinking Ligonis Maximus? Nope. Is this I, going to be an epic episode? <laughs> <Not getting it. laughs>
1: no. no, I am drinking a nine-year-old wild turkey reserve barrel with some nice. ginger ale. It's. I, know it's, I like it. <laughs> it's so old. When I crack the seal on, it it has a little cork top. I start pulling the cork top out and the cork rips halfway out.
3: Mm, kind so of I'm, crumbled. Oh yeah. Very so I nice.
1: of going, can you cork bourbon? Cause I know you can cork wine and what happens if you cork bourbon? So, but it all worked out. Um, I'm just, I'm going to say the British Wellington, but I think that's not a heavy bomber,
0: but I'll go yeah, with the Wellington. The, the Manchester was, I guess the answer we were looking for the other answers were the B-32, the Farman, the Handley-Page Halifax, the Tupolev TB-3, and the Petelokov PE-8. There was no chance I was getting Russian bombers. Yeah, I don't I don't know that the Russian Strategic Bombing Program was as successful <laughs> as some of the others. They certainly had poor PR. But that's four out of five. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Rex, you're so wonderful. Like, we got to have you back more often. It it seems like the the podcast moves so smoothly in your hair. I aim to please. Okay, so now. No, 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 I, I, I didn't do all my page fluttering i had a bunch of page flutter i had to do he's, so i did not do click to talk
1: he's pulling out braxton's if anybody ever gets too uppity during the quiz just read
0: him these questions it's the red, red envelope, envelope. Yeah. it says do not open <laughs> in, <laughs> in case, case of emergency <laughs> <laughs> break, break glass in case of emergency okay here we go this is bonus yes it's another world war ii question that's from braxton to you during world war ii the campaign for North Africa lasted from June 1940 to May 1943. Name five battles or operations in this theater during that time frame. So, so you have to name – oh, that doesn't seem like a hard question. What the f- – is this a Campbell situation? <laughs> so, is this a Campbell thing? I'm
2: wondering if the fix is in. I'm so gonna
0: so you have to that. name five battles or operations in the North African theater. Oh,
1: operations as well? I might have a yep. chance. Okay. So I'm going to say first El Alamein and second El Alamein because
0: I'm a cheater. Uh, That's two you got. Because you guys, you and Campbell and Braxton are all like <laughs> good on this thing. Uh, Battle of Torbrook. Hmm.
1: Yes, it's there. All yeah. right. Uh, Operation Crusader. Operation Battleaxe.
0: Yes, you get five out of five on the bonus. So for the first time, the bonus was actually a bonus in Braxton. I think Braxton needs to go back to the, the clubhouse and, and think about how he needs to bring his A-game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no Napoleonics questions. No oh, super I, obscure Japanese bombers. No so ancients. They,
0: I thought so, for sure I was going to get hit with ancients uh, no, and I was going to be done. So Jason, what's the total score here? What are we talking?
2: Uh, 18. 18 out of 20. That is impressive. He has screwed yeah, up the curve nev-
3: for everyone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's never been done. I test well. So that's I think the, 16 in my wheelhouse.
1: the
0: ever. No, you know, I think, Rex, I think Rex came in and said, hey, I'm going to take this seriously. Like, I've been, I've been given this great honor of being a host on a podcast. And maybe I should actually, like, I don't know. Like, maybe study a little bit. Yeah, bone up on my military history knowledge. And, oh. and uh, I'm not going to treat all it like it's a big joke. That's right, we right. appreciate it. Yeah, right. You, 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 you definitely brought it. Thank you, thank you, thank you,
2: <laughs> Dave.
1: What are so, you
0: drinking? Well, th- th- and that's a. I just feel like I feel like the quiz ends much better when the that mystery host does really badly. <laughs> I feel kind of certainly
2: like, makes us feel better.
0: Yeah, like yeah. the the sense of superiority that we usually roll in with at this point is not is not there because Rex kind of. He he made the quiz his his bitch, and even though the quiz screamed stop, Rex didn't stop, and just, (laughs) Rex owned this quiz. (laughs) He owned it. We can bounce back. There was no safe word. Like, the the quiz word, the safe word for the quiz was uh, harder, which was a terrible safe word, (laughs) by the way. More, more, harder, harder. Harder? Yeah, it's bad. Don't ever pick that as your safe word, kid. No. So. So, hey look,
2: What are you drinking, Dave? I am
0: drinking uh, the uh, grapefruit Sculpin from Rex. Oh, very I nice. I saw it at my – I went to get my my haircut, and it was, there was a liquor store right next to my barber shop. And I said, uh, oh, fuck, I'll go in there and see what there's – Normally, those guys only sit outside and smoke cigarettes in front of the liquor store. So uh, I went in, and they had some beer, and they had grapefruit Sculpin in there. And since Rex had mentioned it, I bought the six-pack, and it was like $17.
3: Wow. That,
0: that's, that's a lot for a six pack that is a
2: lot, that is a lot.
0: so Rex I hold you responsible for that
1: I don't think this is my doing I think you uh, got that from somebody else
0: oh actually you know what it's not Rex I mean Rod sorry they, the grapefruit has battled my brain <laughs> I, I blame Rod yeah. for it not Rex
1: don't too trust many, the foreigners
0: <laughs> they'll do it to you every time too many, many R <laughs> Jason what are you drinking Jason
2: I'm drinking a $17 bottle of bourbon that's uh, the Old Forester 100. With a straw? So, so I paid as much. Um, no, it's. I'm putting it in a glass, but I have the whole bottle with me just in case.
0: I have the uh, bottle go team, opener? Go Team Go. I have a bottle opener that plays the Duke fight song, <laughs> apparently.
3: Oh.
0: Uh,
2: there we go. That's, that's better than Haggerty's uh, Family Guy one. So, so how
1: the Duke? uh Alumni have actually heard the fight song.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I
2: don't think Dave's justifying that with a response.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was actually pouring a beer at the time. And I, I, I had this weird experience <laughs> where I was I was talking to you, Rex, but I was pouring a beer with both hands. And I said, Oh, I don't have my finger on my stupid fucking mouse button. But uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. uh, I heard it at football games. I, I was at Duke from uh, 88 to 92. Uh, we went to the final four. I think every year I was there, and and I think we went to the finals three out of four years. But that's basketball. So. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, at a football game, I assume... <laughs> basketball, do they, doesn't,
2: basketball
0: doesn't count.
1: Do they play it when the other team scores?
0: Well, <laughs> uh, to be honest, when I went to Duke uh, football, Steve Spurrier was our coach. He was your coach. That's right. And we had air ball where they would like score. Every game was like 45 to 43. And then you stole them. I I think that I think actually the team is going to be. I think Duke football has potential to be good. Like maybe the Stanford of the East. It's possible. It's been done. I mean, the the problem is uh, you've got like what ninety guys, eighty guys, maybe, and they've all got to kind of go to class. So that's a challenge when you're at school. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Florida, you guys are super smart over at University of Florida. But uh, <laughs> but the, if you're going to be a Duke Blue Devil, you kind of got to a little bit. You got to got to take some classes. So, hey, they
1: uh, they have classes at the minimum security facilities, so you can catch up while you're working off your time. So it's all good. That's
0: right. And You bring all the guys in from the junior colleges, and uh, you can get guys from there and from the junior
1: we're just showing that that junior college degree is not wasted time and effort you yeah, know there's right. a path that's
0: right. but but that's the challenge for do uh, like a, a division one college program obviously is got all these guys and they've got to kind of make it through so college basketball it's like 10 guys that's easy but when you've got like 90 guys or 80 guys or 70 guys it's like that harder
1: so well, and how many of those guys in college basketball stay four years, anyways? Nowadays, seems oh, like most of the really good guys are one and done, two and done onto the NBA.
0: Oh yeah, and that's a, that's actually the big transition that Duke made recently, where they just went. Oh yeah, we're going to be. It used to be that if you went to Duke and uh, you didn't graduate, they didn't raise the banner. If there were, if like uh, they made Phil Henderson come back uh, and get his degree, or they wouldn't raise the banner for that Final Four. Uh, those those years are gone you know even duke now has gone to where they're trying to recruit those kind of one and done guys i mean they're in the nba now so we've all seen them we've all seen them play okay so yeah so everyone's done their thanksgiving time jason did you have Thanksgiving yes. at your house
2: i did it was quite successful
0: now but
2: Okay, so how was
0: it? Like, as far as who was there for your Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, it was the five of us: um, my wife's parents and her aunt, um, a cousin, um, my brother, my little brother, and um, a friend of ours. Now,
0: does your ex wife so does your for- ex wife come over for Thanksgiving? No, no, and we're
2: not really on speaking terms right now because of the whole daughter snap. Right, you
0: guys are on the outs. Now now was your daughter yeah, right. over for Thanksgiving or was she over at the ex's house?
2: No, she was with us. Yeah. We had all the kids.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be tough, man, having like different good. kids from like exes and ex wives.
2: So is the it can
1: get
0: complicated,
2: but
1: is the uh relationship between your new wife and your ex wife cooled off now as far as them exchanging
2: pleasantries and keeping up well it, yeah my wife's making an effort because she she got madder than i did um but she went over yesterday for like a cookie baking party for christmas cookies and that kind of thing so she's trying to make the effort to get over it and be friendly again but we're both kind of uh, pissed off and well, yeah i you, think being, things being are the, great with my being daughter step, but with
0: my ex, being the step i think is a big challenge because you feel kind of like well fuck you know i've done all this stuff for you and now <laughs> you
2: know? yeah she she took it pretty hard um but I, I i don't know she bounced back pretty pretty well and my daughter hasn't really had any like lingering side effects so she she kind of bounced back right away and everything's been great she was actually talking to my wife she broke up with her boyfriend on Thursday, and she and my wife were commiserating about it and how hard it is, and so I, I don't know. It, it all ended
0: up well. The that's great news for you. No boyfriends is good. Yeah, the fewer boyfriends, the better. That's always good. Yeah, I mean, and she, the fact that she there was, like, was a Super smart about it. And yeah, good. Good Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we
1: hosted it at my house. We had uh, my in-laws and some family friends of theirs that basically. They took care of my wife when she was a little girl, so known forever, and they didn't have any family in town. And then we had some friends from Louisiana that weren't going back, so we invited them over as well and hung out and ate way too much food and just the traditional Thanksgiving kind now, of thing. Now,
0: did you have kids or no?
1: I have one little boy.
0: Right, so so he was there, or did you make him sing his room?
1: No, he, he was there. There's no way I would have kept him. I would have been able to keep him in his room.
0: Very cool. But yeah, we had uh, we had Thanksgiving. Um, it, you kept it pretty low key. Well, though, right? yeah. So in, in my family, uh, I, I live out here. My, my sister also lives out here. Now my mom lives out here. So my mom had said, "Oh, we're going to have uh, Thanksgiving dinner over at your sister's house," and then I said, "No, we're not going. So we're going to just be it's just our nice. family." And uh, then my mother-in-law came up, but my mother-in-law does this weird thing where she's gonna come up, but she's not gonna tell you when she's actually gonna leave. So my wife's- Oh my gosh. Out of here, we're gonna say we're leaving on Saturday to go see, go stay with your family for Thanksgiving. So then we had to kind of tell the story like, oh yeah, on Saturday we're going, we're gonna go, on, we're gonna go. So my kid like, okay, we literally, Got everybody up, got everybody dressed, everybody got in the car, and we drove away. (laughs) Like just to convince my mother-in-law that <laughs> we were leaving, so she would leave. Like, so she would. You're a leave. bad, bad person. No, it's not me. If it, my my side of no, my side of the family, my side of the family is very open. Where it's just like, with my mom, I'll be like, no, we're not doing that. You know, whatever. We we hash it out. But my wife's side of the family is very much like they don't talk about anything. And they kind of like keep secrets and they they hold things in. So the only way to get my, my mother-in-law out of the house was literally to load everybody up and be like, yep, we're going, because otherwise she wouldn't like leave. And so then she had left and then yeah. we left. And so we're driving, the kids are like, okay, we're gonna go see uh, so-and-so. And then I'm like, "Nah, we're not going there. <laughs> like Then we went, I'm like, they're like, well, where, where are we going? I'm like, well, let's just go get some ice cream or something. I was going to
2: say, did you at least like take them to Starbucks yeah, or ice I cream or something? To, like, I
0: had to like bribe my kids. and Then, then it's like, what are they going to say at Christmas? Like when my mother-in-law says, hey, Superstar, what's the <laughs> visit? And the problem is they're at the age where they ask a lot of questions. We're like, oh yeah, we're going to. And the, the confusing thing for them was we left on Saturday, supposedly. And then on Sunday, my mom came over and we went on like whatever, a hike or something with my mom. And so they're like, well, weren't like my, my little one's like well uh we're not going over them I'm like oh no uh your cousins aren't feeling sick and they're not feeling well so when my my mom comes over they're like oh yeah we heard that they were sick and but of course creates all this fucking confusion but that's how it is it's thanksgiving so <laughs> whatever you gotta just do. thinking
1: someday in the future you're gonna look back and think this wasn't such a great idea dave not sure what it's going to be. But it's not think. me.
0: It's not me, not my family. We don't do that, but it's not for my side. It's for another side that we're doing all this for. I mean, this is the same mother-in-law who literally sat in the car with my wife, uh, while they were waiting for school. And my wife is like, Oh yeah, Dave, when he comes and picks up the kids, he runs right in, he doesn't mess around. He grabs the kids and he gets out here before the traffic. gets really bad around the school. And my mother-in-law goes, um, Okay. Uh, have you ever thought that maybe if you spent some more time getting to know Dave uh, before you guys got engaged, that things might have been different? So, wow! Like, wow! That's pretty straightforward. So she's not a fan. Well, she my you know i didn't even know about that conversation but then when my my wife she said that my wife got really pissed and then later on they they well i guess when she left for that visit my wife confronted her and then she was like oh you know i would never i love dave i think he's great and i'm like no that's pretty much straightforward saying like you, yeah, don't you think you could have married somebody else <laughs> My, yeah. my wife is like, hey, we've been married for 10 years. <laughs> that's how long we've been together. Yeah, you guys have made a good run of it. <laughs> like, I, I, I love fine.
1: Dave. I just wonder if there's someone I would have loved more. Could than Dave? That's, could all, that's all I'm saying. A slightly right.
0: better version of Dave that you could have met? But... So that's what I battle with my, my family. So, my in-laws, mostly.
2: but No. Mine were over tonight, and I told them, hey, I'll see you guys later next time you come over, I have to go record a podcast. So how
1: hard was it to sneak off during Thanksgiving to check the white duck? Oh yeah,
0: let's talk about the white duck white elf
2: contest. It wasn't as, it wasn't hard at all for me. I just pulled out my phone and was rude. I was just at that like perfect inebriation level the whole time, and I, I, I did all the cooking so I was in the kitchen. And then I did all the cleaning up, so I was in the kitchen. So I had about forty-five minutes of interaction with people as we ate and played a round or two of apples to apples. So mine was perfect. Now, so
1: you paid your dues, Jason. That's clearly the exactly. case. Exactly.
0: Who who won yeah. what? Rex? you did it. You participated.
1: Uh, yeah, I got uh, advanced squad leader starter kit one and three.
2: One, and why then... why did you buy starter kit stuff? Uh, you don't you don't need.
1: Well, because uh, this is my other thing with ASL. I've got a few buddies who probably would never play full-blown ASL, but I probably could get them play to, to play Starter Kit. So I figure, man, it won't hurt to have that stuff. And then you never know. Just maybe.
0: They're like, Just wow, you, this is really cool. for seduction. You brought to get the Starter Kit <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now what, what did you give up? I
1: gave up a two bundles. The first bundle was Republic of Rome and Hannibal, Rome versus Carthage, and the second bundle I gave up was uh, Advanced Third Rank and Empire of the Rising Sun uh, from back in the '90s Nineties. these the, the Avalon Hill
3: versions of
0: those games. Now did you have to uh, did you have to ship both of your gifts to people? I did. so you got kind of screwed. In the whole deal overall. Well, oh, um, <laughs> in theory, I'm getting. The stronghold oh, so yeah, you got the stronghold deal. I thought that looked like a good one. That's.
1: Yeah, I think so. The only thing that makes me slightly nervous is I just happen to go to Stronghold Games webpage because I heard something about there being an upgrade kit because they're doing a second edition, and I don't see the upgrade kit on their website. All I see is completely revised second edition so yeah, maybe i have the stronghold games anymore.
0: <laughs> you won't need your old games anymore we're replacing them all with new games exactly so uh we'll see so who who, who offered those stronghold games
1: uh benjamin kent kent i think
0: that clever bastard he's like yeah. hey time for me to upgrade my collection let me dump
1: all this <laughs> old stuff I have no doubt that that thought may have gone through his mind, but that's fine. It was about the giving, not the getting, Dave. Remember that.
0: Yeah, I can can tell, but I I appreciate that the thought process was there, Rex. You're not not going in completely blind. Okay, what did you get, Jason?
2: I got um, a Warfighter bundle from Gleep Glop. Oh, and so— Which hasn't—
0: And I don't know if we've explained. I mean, we basically got—there's a white elephant on the guild— uh, we do a big contest where everybody basically donates stuff, and then uh, the duck does the draws, and they can pick out stuff. So you put stuff in, you get gifts out. That's basically the
1: way it works. And the duck gets a free game and free beer. <laughs>
2: right, because what did, what did you get, Dave? Oh, oh, I also got Struggle for the Galactic Empire from, from Salem to
0: I, I thought that one looked cool. I was actually tempted. Yeah, it by looks that. pretty cool. I hadn't thumbed it, so when my choice came up, it wasn't he available. Broke the rules. I know. Fuck. I mean, hey, that's that's the way it works. But I I'd always kind of looked at that game because that's a that's a solo game, right?
2: Yeah, it's a solo sci-fi game. It's like right up my alley. Uh-huh.
0: So I got a Napoleonic Wars, which I oh, right on. which I wanted. And it was on my list, and I really wanted it, and I was very excited. But there were some other gifts, obviously on the uh, on the the white elephant, white duck that I was very excited about. But the Napoleon of Wars was the end of, one that was available, the best one available when I actually came up, because I was very low in the choices. Yeah, you got pulled late. Yeah, my 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 selection, my gift was taken like fourth out of everyone <laughs> and i selected like 23rd or something so ho 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 hey. motherfuckers that was great day merry <laughs> fucking christmas day right it's in the spirit the, of it it's about the giving oh right yeah not giving. the yeah, giving was, that was super and then i got a, uh, I guess i got a geek mail from uh, uh ross who was like hey the duck has been so great uh, doing this whole white duck. Let's let's get a go ahead and give him a big gift and we can all like I'm like, yeah, I already give him like a free fucking podcast every month. So I don't <laughs> think I need to fucking contribute anything more to, to his fucking white duck thing that he did on the guild. But if you other freeloaders want to fucking decide that you want to give him a gift, go ahead. I'll just sit at home. Looking at the Fair mailbox enough. as it as it shows up empty every day. And here's what I do. <laughs> Bastards. i gave <laughs> <laughs> you did you were such a fucker i did you did what <laughs> you i buckled i, I buckled though, though you, i turned over and showed my admit, belly you'll admit uh, when i sent you my response you're like oh i should have said something like that
2: because uh, i'm like your response really? to me was perfect i'm
0: like you're fucking asking me to give something to duck hey and i appreciate that duck does it he's great i love him it was great he's a great guy i had a lot of fun with the whole thing he does the white elephant i get it but do you want me to contribute to a fucking gift for him i do the fucking podcast and guess what none of you motherfuckers give me anything for doing that so you know, i'm not <laughs> going to spend extra money to fucking give him something that he does on our guild
1: oh i love it hey uh, dave how do you really feel about all this
0: don't worry, Rex. I'll geek mail you my uh, my mailing address. You can send me something. I'll be very yeah. rising sun. You got an extra copy of Rising Sun laying <laughs> around. <laughs> this is the old Rising Sun,
1: the other half of Advanced Third Reich, yeah. not the new. Oh. Uh, just on sale for forty bucks. Uh, rising Sun that I'm wow. excited about.
0: Oh no, I was talking about the ASL Rising Sun. I don't want your gross uh, Third Reich Rising Sun copy. <laughs> that was yeah, good so that was. Did you get that it all fine. out? That was because Jay, Jay and Jason and I emailed back and forth about it. I was, crying. I was like, what the fuck?
2: I, I do okay. think we need to explore doing t-shirts or something again. Do a Patreon or something.
0: Well, I, well yeah, I think we can do t-shirts where maybe I'm Maybe like, we actually can... sell them. Yeah, I bought the. Uh, I did. I'm buying my own T-shirts. That's what's sad. Like I'm buying my own T-shirts for own, like, like, I, like the ones that Tyler made with the uh, the uh, the uh, North Koreans holding the ASL book oh, yeah. up to Kim Jong Un. That's like one of the best ones.
2: That's hilarious. But
0: I bought it and I thought it was ironic because I'm like, well, I'm buying my own stuff now. Like, I'm literally paying money for my own things. So, somebody has to design that, or God knows what. I mean, no. who, who knows? Maybe I'll we make just make my hard? wife do it. She's home. Is she, is she smart enough about stuff like that? Like she can run, like yeah, she's you know, sure. run, Like, like t-shirt stuff, and I'm not sure pets. she could. All right, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll work it out. So that's the white elephant. Ho ho ho! It was really uh, great. Mary, we all had Mary a great Christ. time. I only raged three or four times while I was looking at my iPad. <laughs> Apparently Rex did great.
2: <laughs> I did
0: wonderfully.
1: I I gave away four games that were never gonna see my gaming table again and I got uh effectively four game well, two games that would very likely see my gaming table. So in my that's mind good enough, that's a win. Man.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I actually like Napoleon of course. I I was happy it was there because seriously, if that one hadn't been there, then I would have had a full blown fucking gasp
3: burst,
0: <laughs> you know. Like, and but it was there, and I did not want it, so that wasn't so. It seems like a cool uh, con game. Yeah, the the stories are it's too long. Whatever. All right. Yeah. So uh, what are you guys playing right now, Jason? You playing? I know you're playing a bunch of stuff.
2: I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um... So on Vassal, I'm playing Hearts of Minds with Haggerty, playing Liberty Roads with Doug. Uh, solo, I've been playing... Uh, I played Fall of Berlin from One Small Step, which is awful. Uh, we'll talk about that probably next month. Um, Airborne Commander, solo deck-building but game that just came the folio,
0: out. The folio games are really cheap.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I mean, the
0: I mean, one we'll thing we'll I'll say, The one thing it... I'll say about the folio games from One Small Step is, while some of them aren't great, it's not like victory point games where you're paying like 45 bucks for the fucking game. You yeah, I mean? it was
2: like $22. But the production yeah, so when value When I got, wasn't when even I got good
0: Shiny on. Path, I got Shiny Path. I was like, meh, it's it, okay. I don't know if it's winnable or whatever. But the price, it was a pretty good deal for the price. So yeah. that's what I'll say about yeah. it. The, the folio setup they got. Yeah. I just got Holy Roman Empire from them, from the Kickstarter. I would not have bought that one because I thought that was, they were, they were reaching way, like, I'm cool with the folio stuff, but that was reaching way far yeah, out of where I thought they a went. A little pricey.
1: Yeah. And I think, I might have some regrets about that. They were, so but, but I'm saying if they
0: stay within the 2022 range, like my problem with Victory Point Games has always been, like I feel like I'm getting a 22 point dollar game and I'm paying 45 bucks for it. Right. Uh, and wow. but I think that sh- one small step has done a decent job of keeping those games affordable, where you don't want to go over 30 bucks for those games. Like Shining right. Path was a 25 dollar game, and that's what I paid for it. So.
2: Yeah, and. Th- fall of berlin was about that same price but it's it's a 12 dollar game i mean it's like you know 20 counters and a an 11 by 17 map and it's the rules are awful like there's letters and numbers missing from the rules ty bomba has his name as rules editor on the rules i would be embarrassed if i was him it's anyway we'll talk about that more later um i've right. been playing airborne commander from Stratamax a solo deck building game which is awesome uh, and then wing leader from GMT, which is tons and, and tons you, of fun.
0: You have a directive from Ralph, so we have pretty clear instructions on how you're supposed to review. Can you guys hear me oh, pouring that'll... my beer? I'm pouring my beer yeah, right next to my microphone. Professional. I have a microphone that won't be this month, though. I, I'm pouring. You're not doing wing leader this month? No,
2: because uh, I've only. I mean, I've played it like three times, but I'll talk about that next next episode. Because Ralph
0: Ralph has some very high expectations for you. Never again, well, Ra- so. Ralph Ralph knows he can Ralph be. needs to learn to be disappointed. Don't worry, I've disappointed he, him many right. times. <laughs>
2: yeah, he knows I love him, so, but I'll, I'll make him wait.
1: Jason, without spoiling the whole thing, what's what's the draw on Wing Leader? Because I've looked at it, but I'm just not... I, it looks cool, but I'm just trying to figure out, as I play the game, what am I going to find enjoyable?
3: Uh, hmm.
2: It, first of all, it's, it's fun. The action moves very quickly... Um, you actually feel like you're making decisions that you know a, a wing leader would have to make. Um, you know, you're trying to get positioning on your enemies as as you fly in. Um, the, the, maybe it's a little gimmicky with with the side scrolling aspect of it, but I think it actually portrays what it's doing really well. Um, it if if you like air combat, I think it's I think it's a good game to explore. The rule book is. seems really long i mean it's like 48 pages or something like that but really it's only a half of sheet for each of those pages and once you start playing the game it actually moves really really quickly each scenario that i've played takes less than an hour so you know it's not like a huge campaign that you're going to go through even though some of the later scenarios i think are a lot bigger but these i mean you're you're getting in you kind of zip around everyone breaks and you go home um it's I don't know. It's it's been a lot of fun.
1: Well, that's nice. So,
2: if you're into that kind of thing.
0: Well, I, f- I I feel like I should have gone to the bathroom. Yeah. During yeah. Th- we might need to that take a good. break. That was good. Cool. So, we going to take a break right now? Yeah, let's do that. Can we take a yeah. break. All
3: right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right,
0: so Jason, what else are you playing? Uh, th- I think that's it for me. What about you, Rex?
1: Mostly fiddling with ASL. I've been playing some Guild Ball, the miniatures game, which we might talk a little bit more about uh, in a few minutes. I got my uh, Legion games, four battles in Spain, Not Napoleonic nice. game. Nice. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I heard you comment about the maps and the fact that the on the creases, it's starting to show white. I pulled my maps out. I start looking at them. I see it as you well. Know, the guy running uh, Legion, and he responded right away. You know, sorry about that, and um, you know what? What can you do? And I emailed him back saying, well, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about this. I just want to let you know. Hopefully, the because he said if there's a map that's really bad, let me know and I'll send you a replacement. I said, I just want to let you know in case the printer's going to make it right or something like that. And then I haven't heard from him. Well, yeah, and it's
0: kind of like, I don't know what to tell the guy because it's like when you pull it out of the box and you – basically what we're talking about is you you lay out the map and where the map creases, the color has all – like there's a crease where there's now no color. There's like a white line.
1: Right, and if you actually look carefully and if you touch it, it's – I guess it's two layers. That layer of the coloring is actually flaking off. So I'm a little bit worried as time goes on, it's going to really become noticeable. So the other thing I noticed, I don't know if you saw this, Dave, on at least one of my maps, there's these almost like wrinkles. I guess it's the machine that pulls the map through the printing process and it, it wrinkled the map. So I told him about that as well. And again, I'm kind of waiting for a second response on that.
0: But Yeah, it's kind of tough to tell what the guy's going to do to fix it when you're like, hey, I literally have not played one minute on this map. I just pulled out the components. So if you make me a new one, I don't know if that's going to be any better. I think I have a new map right now. Right. Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, I or, have or you a... could just pretend that it's an old map that Napoleon himself would have pulled right. out of his haversack and thrown right. down. Spill
1: some coffee on it. That's right. Uh, that's right. Good times. Uh, and then, uh, at some point this month, I'm going to get back together with my Heroes of Normandy
0: opponent, nice. and we're going to start.
1: We're going to start playing. Uh, design your own point build. Oh, that's...
0: scenarios. Now, yeah. uh, so you have you have gone all in on Heroes of Normandy at this point?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty heavy in it. Although, are you doing the Kickstarter? Are you are uh, going to get the storage uh, and all that?
0: You, I don't do kickstarters. Sort of a <laughs> thing, thing a thing. Yeah, I don't do that. Uh, but but I did I did buy I think the Carantan set or Saint Marie Iglesias, One of them I bought. Uh, some waiting for Christmas, basically. Where-
1: yeah, I got I got both of those. Saint Marie Iglesias, uh, really nice components. Again, the scenarios are a little. You wonder how many times they play tested it before they sent them out because they're pretty tough on. Uh, each scenario doesn't seem to be terribly balanced. The new American forces are just ridiculous. I mean they're just death machines, but they're really brittle, a lot of one-hit guys, and then they're gone.
0: Um, okay. Do you have enough cows uh, positioned between you and the enemy? Maybe I don't as cover? Have,
1: I don't have cows as cover. Because so. then you should
0: buy the cow pack because there's the cow pack. So I'm thinking about
1: it. I, I cows it's in and my civilians. my and it's on my wish list for uh, cool stuff whenever it comes out, so.
0: All right, so, uh, so that sounds good, but I guess it's just me? Is that me? Yep, it's- that's all you. It's what I'm playing? Okay. Well, I am, cur- I am currently playing a Space Empires campaign with Will, the Medicine Man, and Duck. Um, I I have some kind of weird hive abilities, so I thought it'd be really cool and attack uh, Will, uh, very early in the game. Like I busted through the space between those four empires, basically in four corners. And then uh, Will, that sneaky bastard, had built like a, a, a base there that then shredded my guys. And he had some other great special combat ability. So uh, basically we our, our story is that we were just trying to deliver a diplomatic mission to the Blue Empire. And the Blue Empire, uh, with no provocation, slaughtered my but, basically three quarters of my my existing Navy. So that's where we're at right now.
1: Are you you (laughs) playing uh, instant upgrade or you upgrade ships and then they go out? We are
0: not playing instant upgrade. Uh, The the Vassal module is actually really good because it lets you uh, track the upgrades on your different ships. It does a great job also of running the economy and figuring out what your maintenance is. So I recommend to guys, if you want to try Space Empires, uh, the Vassal mod does a really good job just kind of running everything for you so you can kind of just run through the different systems it has and and those those kind of uh do a lot of math for you so that's cool yeah so basically what happened was i i I sailed in with three scouts thinking i was going to hose uh will and will i we, we were the only uh optional rules we're playing with are alien technology and racial differences which i think you have to have in the game and so my racial ability was I have the hive mind. So after the first round of combat, our defense improves one. And I think after the third round of combat, our, our offense improves one. So gradually we get better as the battle goes on because the hive mind, guys, units can network with each other. But then he had this crazy one where they're like, yeah, we're like like attacking people. So uh, the, the way the combat normally works is, You roll dice based on what phase you're in, A, B, C, D, or E, but his guys are all right away, they attack first, but they just can't retreat. So like Berserker type guys. So here I rolled in thinking, oh, I'm going to fucking take care of you guys, and I run into this Berserker buzzsaw that like killed all the scouts. Yeah, that's brutal. Hey, uh, Dave. I, just,
1: I need to let you know that Jason and I don't see race. So just think about that when you're talking to us. <laughs>
0: that's right. No, that's cool. That's cool. When I said race, I meant like differences. I didn't I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. mean to be microaggressive to you guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, if you guys need a little bit of time to get in your safe zone, feel free yeah, need to step talk to into some, your safe space. I need space. to talk to HR.
1: That, that was my warning, Dave. I, I want you to understand. That no, that I, I
0: respect that. and I, totally I felt very
1: uncomfortable that. when you said different races. I totally respect. I said the word that
2: started with the word R,
0: or the letter yeah, R. Can't say so the R word.
2: Can't say any of
0: the R word. That's it. But their their tendencies, and I don't want to say mm-hmm. that. I don't want to say that my units always act that way because that would be stereotyping. But sometimes when they're in battle, but they tend to. Their defense will improve. Sorry. Understood. I can't wait till my kids go to college. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Here we come, kids. <laughs> here we yep. Are. All right. So that's. So, are you playing anything else? Yeah. So I'm doing Space Empires. I did Valor of the Guards with Pete Gade. And by the way, our uh, our map, we're doing the first bid scenario for Valor of the Guards, which is a full map scenario. Got 100 likes. Yeah, that's
2: pretty. 100
0: likes. looks very, very awesome. Within two days on the Facebook squad leader page. So. Yeah, and It just shows that like, you know, I think when – one of the problems with ASL is uh, uh, there's a tendency where guys think like if I want to play ASL, it's going to be like 5% hardcore ASL guys and then like 5% new people. But that's not really what it is because I noticed it when we put the – when uh, Pete put the picture up on the ASL group on Facebook, like probably 90% of the guys were like, oh, that looks totally cool. What is that? Or Like, a lot of the guys who are into ASL are not, like, hardcore, grognard-type guys. They just think it's cool, so. Hmm. It
1: definitely is interesting to see the, oh, Wargaming is a bunch of old guys, grain, dying, hobby.
0: It sure doesn't look like that on Facebook. Right, and when you look at the ASL group, it seems like a lot of the guys who are interested are, like, younger guys who are, like, when I say younger, I'm talking, like, let's be honest, like us.
2: Yeah. That's, that is interesting though because I would have I would have thought that too that you know the ASL guys are just ASL and they're super hardcore and that's how they play No, the vast majority even though the, I know you guys aren't that the big.
0: vast the vast majority of the guys who put stuff on with the picture that Pete put up on there and I didn't I joined it later but uh, Pete, cause Pete was basically like hey check it out we got all these likes we got a hundred likes so uh but but the majority of them were just like, hey, what what scenario is that? Where's that from? Or like that looks cool. Or and and that's not something that a guy who's like a hardcore ASL or I mean hardcore ASL looks at that and says, oh, it's Valor of the Guards. You know, that's it's in Stalingrad. So so that's kind of that's a bad rap I think that ASL has gotten that it's kind of this oh this grognard type thing where it's more of a young turk game. I think. To be honest. Yeah, that's cool. It's good to hear. So it's, so it's Grognards versus Young Turks. Right. We're, we're fighting for the, the spirit and the future of the hobby.
2: <laughs> I think it's safe with us.
1: Are you going to tell us about your Dungeons and Dragons adventures, Dave?
0: I will. Also, uh, I want to mention, though, for Jason, that uh, Ralph and I have started playing Silver Bayonet.
2: Sweet. Right on.
0: What do you think and about we, it? We, done, we, we, we had done a little bit of World at War. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was, I was kind of like, eh. it's kind of like, it feels, it feels like, yeah, I, I get that you're, you're shooting at me from there and you get an advantage because you're a tank. But I, I wanted that kind of feel where I have my, my, uh, uh, 901 behind a ridge and I can shoot toes over it and I'm, I'm hauled down because I have the toe lift and I didn't feel that World of War gave me any of that feel for Modern War. So, yeah. so for me, World of war, war felt like kind of like a dumbed down version of how 1985 Modern War would have gone. So uh, then Ralph was like, well, fuck, let's do Silver Bayonet. you want to try it out? So we started it. Now we decided that we are going to play test the shit out of all the Silver Bayonet scenarios. So cool. And we played one. It was fun. I thought it was good. I like well, it. What's the scale on it? Well, it's it's company scale.
3: Yeah.
1: And so you're moving companies around on the map, or you're a company commander moving squads and platoons. No, you're a you're level commander
0: running yeah. companies, right? And when you when you look at the map for the first time, you will fall in love with it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Say, oh. Here's the here's the town, and oh my god, I can see there's a training camp next to it that the allies have. I mean, there's like they, the bases are like separately located from the, the cities. Just look at the map; it's gorgeous. Yep. even I, we were like,
2: even the north arrow on the map. The attention to detail on that is is beautiful. Look at it next time you guys play; it's it's cool. Are you guys playing scenarios right now?
0: Right, well, the, the the challenge for for Ralph and I always is. Ralph likes modern or or Vietnam up or sci-fi or like ancients. I'm the, I'm in between. So it kind of hit a soft spot for us where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I think we can play that because we always have a struggle for what we're going to play because a lot of games I play the periods aren't stuff that Ralph's interested in. No. But I think uh I think this way it's good and we're also scenario breakers. So I think that's good for Mitch too. Yeah, where we can just yeah. run through the stuff
2: yeah, I mentioned I have been playing every week, and it's we just finished one of the campaign scenarios, and then last week broke one of the I think scenario one we broke. Um, Ralph and I tinkered around with it early. but yeah, it's it's actually turning into a really good game. It's much better than than the original
1: was it the was it the scenario one from the original game, and no one realized it was broken until y'all. Pushed around or is it a totally new scenario one? Uh
2: I can't remember. I think it's new because it's actually before the events that the game like the campaign is depicting. It's the the game is kind of from if I if I remember correctly, from October through November. Um and this is like early September ish, I think is is when this happens. It's just VC, NBA, um and, and Arvin. It's it's when the Arvin get um ambushed on the way to to relieve the siege of Duco. And um, the scenario just didn't work. But yeah, we're fixing it, and the, the game's actually turning out really, really well.
0: Proud yeah, and of I, I think, yeah, the, the map is incredible. So, and that kind of evokes so much when you look at it when you when you go to play the game, you're like, I mean, the, the counter art is basically the same as it looks very similar to the next war, you know. I mean mm-hmm. the, all, the, all the indicators are the same. But when you look at the map, you're like, "Hell, yes, I wanna yeah. fight over that fucking bridge, or yeah, I wanna fight for that village. You see these little villages. Often these little they are all like, named.. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, you're like,
0: "Fuck yes, I'm gonna drop some guy in that fucking village. We're not letting the VC take over those guys." How much so, ground is a hex cover?
2: Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, d- I yeah, don't pay attention fuck, to that kind of fuck,
0: thing. What the fuck, Are we game developers?
2: We don't know that shit. I don't pay attention just, to
0: that. we tell you what the fucking map looks like.
2: It's fun, but each turn is a day. I, can, I know I can tell you that.
0: Well, 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 the the game map is what? Like a province or two? Is that what uh, yeah. Jason like?
2: It's yeah, a it goes kind of Maybe from or? the border
0: to Pleiku... Yeah, Rex, do your own research, so figure <laughs> out from there what the hexes are. I'm it's like 40 find it. hexes. I, I put my elbow up to the monitor, and it was from the point of my elbow to my pinky finger, so that's how far across it is. That's very helpful, Dave. You're so still you bitter go. about
1: this quiz thing, aren't you? It was, it
0: was a cubit and a third, so figure that out.
2: <laughs> uh, each it, each hex it, is it, 0.94 miles.
0: Oh, that's more work than I would have done. I would have said no. one.
2: It's out. it's it's out. one point five kilometers. Does Excellent. that help? <laughs> that does help.
0: Yeah, are you happy you now, Rex? Jesus.
2: It's a it's it's a pretty the warmth in, is filling you know, my soul. It's, yeah. I I highly but, recommend but when, it to everybody.
0: But when you when you look at the map, you're like, oh like you're like I wanna save this little village. It looks like there's this little village just sitting on the side of a stream and then the evil VC come in. It looks great. I love the so, so that's what we're going to be doing. So, off and I probably the next couple of weeks are going to be hammering away at some scenarios. So we'll see if we can get them, get them right.
2: That's good to hear. I like that. Maybe we could play too. Hammer on some stuff.
0: Yeah, we should play because the only games you you, you play with me are the games you can beat, like horror <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. The so, only ones I know. Yeah, <laughs> the ones where you can backstab me <laughs> and poison me, or betray me somehow. Exactly. Okay, so uh, so that's games we're playing. Uh, pre-orders. What's the pre-order you're looking for, Rex? Uh,
1: I, I'm a little bit sour on pre-ordering from GMT just because of it seems like recently they've had more hiccups than normal. So I'm waiting till their stuff gets to cool stuff. Also because it's cheap and it's local for me. So, but Dauntless is probably the game that uh, Operation Dauntless is probably most interested yeah, that, in waiting like to it's, char- it's charging
0: right
1: now. Yeah, so I figured it'll be in Cool Stuff in January and that's plenty of time for me to pick it up and uh, Beyond Valor reprint waiting for that to come from MMP and I'm trying to think if there's anything else right now. Let me think about that for a second if there's anything else so, coming. So Rex,
0: do you, you have all the other AFL stuff but you don't have the Beyond Valor copy? Well, I have
1: two copies of uh, first printing of Beyond Valor, and so here's the kind of the deal with that. Years and years ago, uh, I was at the local game store, and the guy running the store said, "Hey, you're really into these like heavy-duty military history games, right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure." He goes, "Yeah, uh, there used to be a navy base in Orlando. They, strangely enough, they trained nuclear reactor officers in Orlando, Florida. I'm not really sure why they." Picked orlando but that's what they did it
0: probably an and influential congressman wasn't was, uh,
1: <laughs> certainly my guess um so i guess some guy was there as a, going through the nuclear engineering school and he had a bunch of asl stuff and he decided to, he was getting relocated and he just gave him a box full of asl stuff so wow. he's like you want the stuff and i'm like sure so i have like two copies of beyond valor First edition, I've got a Yanks first edition. I actually had a bunch of stuff that I ended up selling at one point in time when I didn't think I was going to play. Um, but
0: and now, tells you, me. and now you know differently, now that you've oh, yeah. seen the word.
1: Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> I sold stuff like West of Alamein, and now I got for King and Country. So I'm covered there. And I think I had a Hollow Legion, so I sold that. Well, they're going to reprint that. So, um, But I think Dauntless... And beyond valor, getting reprinted are probably the things I'm looking for right now. What about you, Jason?
2: Um, a couple things. Most, I think the most excited I am is for well, of course, Fields of Fire if that ever comes out. And then um, it,
1: it is never.
0: I don't think that's never, <laughs> never, ever Never, ever.
1: Ben Hall
2: said, <laughs> "Fuck you guys." Um,
1: that will the, be the uh, MMP final game. seal breaking. And the uh, last sign of the apocalypse,
2: Jason.
0: <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I don't need well, power we'll, for it. I can just we'll keep my, our... my
2: gallons of water and canned food.
0: Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll board the Moonlander, and then they'll <laughs> hand us our copies. Of... <laughs> yeah.
2: And then the MMP uh, front enemy. That, that looks pretty cool. I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah,
0: that did look cool. The Vietnam.
2: It's game. probably, you know, just as far out as... Fields of Fire with MMP and the way they do things, but uh, hopefully someday it gets released.
0: Yeah, I thought Front Door then made it look cool, and in fact, I, I immediately pre-ordered it, so there you go. Nice. It's not all yeah. of yourself for me.
1: but well, not <laughs> uh, Jason, not the Mark
0: Walker
2: reboot? I'm looking forward to that one too, but just, just not as much. Um, I'm, I'm in for it. I'm in for the whole boat. Um, the solitaire rules got hit today, I think, or yesterday, uh, which makes that even more exciting for me. But I have kind of a love-hate relationship with his stuff. Um, there's great potential for it to not be great. So I'm bated breath, I guess, waiting for it.
1: Does he use playtesters? does he just do it all himself? Set it out in the
2: wild? I don't know. I think he just sits out in the woods of Virginia and dicks around with stuff. Wow.
0: Well, no. Jason. That was hard.
2: <laughs> I don't think he uses proofreaders either. So
1: I lost all faith in him when uh, he had a series of games like White Star Rising, which was like mm-hmm, a
3: mm-hmm.
1: platoon company level, World War Two, And I remember there was this big, long forum fight over on Constant World about the fact that you could use mortars to knock out Panther tanks. And his, his answers were just not um, – they, they basically boiled down to, well, this is the way I say it's going to be, and screw you if you don't like it.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: okay. Uh, and <laughs> Don't take my money. There you go. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, he – I think he has a certain way of designing games and <laughs> representing things that he thinks is fun, and, and sometimes they are fun. I really like Forgotten Heroes. I liked <laughs> – um, the Eisenbach Gap game, you know, it's fun. It's not super accurate and it's not anything in depth, but, but it's fun. So hopefully 65 is, is fun. If that's the case, I'll, I'll take it and keep playing it, but well, I'm not you're, looking you're gonna,
0: for too Jason, much. For you're going to buy it because it's a Vietnam game, right? Right.
3: Yeah. And that's, it's, that's it's, pretty it's, much where I gonna am. Be
0: a, it's going to be a reasonably significant Vietnam game because you know who he is and in the industry and whatever. So yeah. you'll check it out and you'll see if you like it. And, we'll and find that's it pretty out. much where I am. I'm I'm yeah.
2: almost buying everything I can in Vietnam, which is an issue, and I can't seem to get rid of any of it. Um, it's you know a conversation I've had with a couple of people. I'm I'm when, seeking when we, help.
0: When we retire, I think we need to do a Vietnam trip. I yeah, I mean nice. travel to Vietnam. No worries. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Sans wives <laughs> get the full experience, right? Yeah, we'll tell them it's a communist thing, they don't want the wives coming,
2: <laughs> they wouldn't understand.
0: All right, so here's what I have on pre order right now. So I'm a pre ordering MBT,
2: and uh, oh, very nice, and that I, looks super cool.
0: I, I never played MBT, I guess, or, or the, any of the uh, the, did you play Panzer? No. but but i i guess when i played world of war i was kind of like yeah it it seems cool but it's missing all the crunchy crony stuff so maybe mbt will give me some of that stuff that mbt seems very detailed so yeah
1: i've got the avalon hill version and um it did seem to be a little pro U.S. Army version of how World War III was going to work out. Yeah, but he uh, <laughs> argued
0: in retrospect that that is how it was going to work out. You know, I mean, well, we, no. I, like,
1: but was it going to work out that way? Because the Abrams was a vastly superior weapon platform, or because Soviet military logistics and planning and morale was just so terrible that they weren't gonna be able to execute anything? Yes.
0: <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I like him. That would be my answer. The bottom line is: I mean, this is for me. Having been uh, uh, growing up in the army and 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 being raised within the army command structure, is our technology was better, our training was better, our soldiers were better, our morale was better, uh, our intelligence was better. We were going to be better. So, in any fight with the Soviets, we were going to absolutely, completely beat them on the ground. And I, even though we, tr- I think we tried to kind of uh, within ourselves, uh, like uh, downplay it to where we were like, okay, well, you know, you never know because they've, we overestimated them. I think out of a, a, a an undue amount of respect or maybe just taking care of caution to not overestimate or underestimate your enemy. I think we were absolutely going to crush them if they tried.
1: Well, I think you're probably right, and MBTs probably give you that experience based on... It's been a long time since I played it, um, but it really seemed like you just sat there with your Abrams, you took up a good position, you, know, you had your helicopter gunships, and you just smoked Soviet tank after tank after tank after tank.
0: That sounds pretty accurate, though. Yeah, that, that probably was going to happen, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'd be great.
2: But, but from what I've heard about Panzer, the the uh, gmt reprints or redesigns or whatever is that they're yeah they're detailed but they're super playable too like as crunchy as they are they make it easy to play which sure. i think is what you're looking for
0: dave well yeah and, and basically i'll just say mbt for me is like just a pre-order i'm not looking that's not one dauntless is the one i'm looking at more than that operation dauntless uh okay. and then labatai dresden is one <laughs> naturally <laughs> of course course i just buy a La, La attack Bras bra because they come out with a reprint with that they ran like a limited edition run of it i'm like oh, oh i gotta get that so i just <laughs> immediately bought that thing it's still in shrink wrap
1: <laughs> is that the is that clash of arms or is that clash the of arms Marshall enterprises no guess. clash of arms
0: yeah okay. I, don't, I don't do the martial enterprises once um and then uh at any cost mets I'm a, I'm a Blood and Iron, franco prussian mm-hmm, yeah. War fan, so for me, at any cost, Mets, like you're talking about uh, St. Privat Gravelot, or you, any of those battles that you're going to run, Mars, Latour, I'm all over them, so. And so.
2: It, uh, hopefully they keep that playtest map, because that thing, speaking of maps, is
0: absolutely beautiful. Well, I, you know, I didn't like it as much, I, I, I gotta say, like, <clears> let's look <throat> at maps, I will buy this game just for this fucking map. Like Silver Bandit has the best fucking map I've seen in such a long time. Um, When I saw uh, the map for you don't like the barber stuff? it was it was okay. And I didn't maybe I didn't get a great look at it like based on the view I had or like the zoom in or I thought it was okay. But for me, I mean. If it's eighteen seventy, eighteen sixty-six, eighteen fifty-nine, I'm in. So my, my dream is that one day the guy who does the uh uh the who did the games like the the quad battles for Spain and, and does all the Viva Emperor will convert that to uh like blood and iron, like that ta- kind of tactical warfare where mm. the, the, the counters can flip and be like Prussian troops attacking Austrians. And uh, that's my, that's my dream that I could be part of that. Like we're like, Hey, let's just let's do Conagrats, but let's, you know, we're going to build in that whole evil system. Cause I feel like his tactical system is so great, but, but yeah, map wise. <laughs> God. The big one I'm going for is Dresden. Love it that yeah. Dresden. That's I'm a nice looking seven. map. There's no doubt about for, that. From clash of arms. Going to be great what the fuck do i know like fuck you guys are out there you guys are looking at games find what you want like find what that's you right. want that's like, right find your, like, make your own joy like,
3: well i was. it's, a, the it's, thing it's I worry about, about evoking
0: evoking some kind of spirit this is the other the one thing i want to say that i've been i found that i've been getting into games uh some games that i've been playing i found that they feel like they're kind of a burden where i'm like oh i gotta play this game and the Fuck that! Play games that you want to play. Like exactly. some of these yep. games, I open up and I'm like, get excited. And if you get, open up a game and you're like, mm, fucking put that shit away. Just, <laughs> there's, there's, just there's
2: too many games.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Get something right. you're really excited about and you want to play that evokes something within you. Like when, like I said, when I see the Super Bayonet map, I'm like, hell yes, we're playing this fucking game. You know. Too many, too many of the games. I think I end up playing. I'm just like, oh, I think I got to run through these scenarios and let's see how <laughs> like, like Gathering Storm. Oh, are you kidding me? That that game it's it's the beginning game for a World of War. It has no instructions on like how to fucking set the game up or how to play it. So, oh like- nice. So after like a day, I'm like, I'm tearing it down. Like I just wasn't interested in playing it anymore. So
2: I didn't. I didn't think you went on that one.
0: I did, of course, because it's the free version <laughs> of a World at War. <laughs> but again, it's about having fun, right? So, so, Dave,
1: on the Silver Bayonet map, is it the artistic impression of the map? Or just you look at the map and it tells you, this is what you have to share your objectives. Man, I want to go fight that fight.
0: Even without knowing your scenario on the map or what you have to do, when you look at the map, you're like, you can almost see like, villages and the stream. the 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 gals are down there washing their stuff in the stream i mean you can almost the the way the map looks is great so you can you almost tour the map and you've oh here's a fort where the u.s troops are staying or they have separate areas where like the bases are it's great just wonderful really good and that's that's with no gameplay like the no gameplay infusion there But I
3: think that's that's good.
0: That's what, for me, always it's about the story. So it's why when I play ASL, I'm not interested in playing an ASL scenario because it's a map of something. I want to see a map of Stalingrad, and when I see that map, I want in my mind's eye, I want to see the department store, the nail factory, the rail station, Pavlov's house. You know, those are things I want to see. So when the fighting's happening, that's what I'm envisioning in my head. Boom. If, if you don't want that, then shit, there's a bunch of games out there. Exactly. No, right. That goes back to – I
1: used to always remember in Avalon Hill on the side of their boxes. You know, you take command. You're the general. They really put you in that spot. And so that's my draw with historical ASL versus things like Combat Commander and Panzer. Right, and that's
0: always my question a lot of these games that we go through. And guys who've listened to podcasts know a lot of times I ask. my I love La Bataille. I think it's a great system. But my question always is, who am I? Because I feel like you're trying to make me be Napoleon, but then you're allowing me to choose that this battalion should form skirmish and this battalion should. And that's not a decision that Napoleon would really make, you know, in this situation. So, right. So uh, I think, fuck, play games that make you excited, make you have fun and enjoy them. because. I, nope. I, and I, found, I find myself falling into the trap where I'm like, I'm playing a game and I'm kind of like, I'm just not, and Ralph is my victim most of the time because Ralph, I'll be like, yeah, we're not playing that game. Again. Like Ralph <laughs> will show me a game. And I'm like, he's like, all right, we're playing. T-. Ralph will always text me at like, uh, like 6 p.m. on Friday, like, hey, we're playing something. I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, we're not playing the game because I just wasn't feeling it. So you got to feel the game. It's got to be fun. It's a hobby, right? So. Exactly absolutely yeah so i god that's a long way of telling you guys i did a bunch of stuff so i, I bought uh la bataille uh quattro bra basically quattro bra it's the one i bought uh, i got the quad spain battles in which is going to be the Viva system which will be great which if rex was coming to game on i'm sure we would play but he's not coming so <laughs> i will say
1: uh, I'll, I'll tuck that away. I'll look at my calendar Rex, and then I'll tell ya, I'm you I'm not know, coming.
0: Rex, honestly, it's not always about you and your schedule. You know, sometimes it's about a that's bigger picture. Right. Bigger, bigger. So, when we get into a thing like, say, we got to Dallas Fort Worth, where we were going to do a convention there, would you come to that? I would come to that. All right.
1: Because I'm cheap and my sister lives this in is, Dallas. This so is being I, recorded. That's fine. I will come to Dallas.
0: All right. So, you would come. All right. And then I played, so I, like I said, I played World of War with Ralph. Uh, I thought World of War was okay. Eh, kind of like a sanitized version of World uh, of War. And, uh, but Silver Bayonetta I thought was great. So I really enjoyed it. Sweet. So that was good. You still haven't told us about Dungeons & Dragons. That's I was right. just going to say, we All need right, to okay. hear about the, All right, so we were, the, the milk drinkers. So, so we, we, we did get Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I bought the fifth edition. I bought the first, I bought the starter pack. Which is like a starter kit, which is like twenty bucks. So I, I went down to the game store and there was like I walk in and it was like like uh three guys playing card games, like the fucking weirdos doing the card stuff, and then the guys there and uh I grabbed it and so on, whatever I bought I got it out of there. I'm like, all right, so okay, we got out. So so we looked through it and the problem was that the while there's a good adventure in the starter kit for Dungeons and Dragons, um, it's very specific to uh the four characters they have pre-rolled up so they have four sheets it's a great mm. set but the rules are all basically just if you're going to run these four people and my girls being who they are big pains yeah, the yeah,
3: they
0: <laughs> don't to play you need those characters so of then, so. I, then I, my wife was like, oh, well, we're going to this birthday party. So we're going to have to go to Barnes Noble. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to Barnes Noble and they had a copy of the player's handbook. So we bought the player's handbook there. I bought it. Four hours later, my wife saw the bill come through on my goddamn American Express uh, <laughs> Apple thing. And she said, you paid 50 fucking bucks for that. The, it's 50 bucks for the player's handbook. Get it's fifty
1: dollars for child enrichment fifty dollars i was gonna
0: say yeah it's yeah that's for family right. time it's bonding, it's my right? children so uh so my kids read it they went through it we did an adventure uh we did part and it, the starter kit comes with a very good adventure and uh my girls experienced the adventure and then of course they decided they wanted to change their player characters that's if they'd read through the rules so the second time around basically they went through they uh walked around, they talked to everyone, they got ambushed on the way in, uh, they killed those guys, and then uh then I think they wanted to like they the, the problem is they remember everything. So like I, I don't even remember <laughs> the stuff. So I'm like, so I'll be like, oh well you guys have been asking questions about the bandits name. they're like, yeah, the Red Brands, we know. Like, <laughs> we're ready to fight them. Like I'm like I bring it on. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's their name. They are called the Red Brands. <laughs> but so, so basically they've been, uh, we, they're on third level now, they're in the middle of the town, they're getting ready to try to figure out what they're going to do, but <laughs> they had some interesting things. Like they, they came in on this wagon and they found like this ambush site. And, uh, so these goblins attacked them and I, so I thought, okay, they, so they kill all the goblins then I thought, well, you see a trail leading off and they're like, no, oh, no, we've got to deliver this wagon load to the town. Those people need the supplies. I'm like, well, there is this trail, and you know, there's there's white mules and white mules, and what this guy rode. That that's the guy that was. They're like, oh no, we have a job to do. We're delivering. That's awesome. (laughs) Very (laughs) diligent adventurers. They will not divert. Give those girls
2: some chores.
0: (laughs) So they they basically rode the whole thing in there. Like yeah, we're delivering the road, and so it's been fun. So so let me ask you this. Sounds like
1: it. I noticed you use a bunch of lorantha stuff in there. Are you like a back Hero Quest kind of role player, or what's the deal with that? When
0: I was a young kid who was the son of an asshole and a drunk mom, yes, I found some comfort in uh, Dungeons and Dragons in RuneQuest. And uh, for me, like as a kid i'd walk everywhere so we'd walk into town and they had a bunch of RuneQuest products there so uh i would buy all I'd, I'd get like five bucks or six bucks or whatever from chores and uh so for me that stuff kind of resonates with me like for my kids it doesn't really you know they don't they don't care but i i basically warp all the D D stuff to fit in with the glorantha stuff to, to i guess it's partly for me or but like i said they remember everything anyway so nice their big thing is what i've noticed is they want to have pets so their big thing is on third level like one wants to have like a sprite she's a warlock so she can have the sprite uh, one's a ranger so she can have a wolf so they pick all their character classes based on who can get a pet some familiars yeah, they, it's like pokemon <laughs> right it's like fucking Pokemon. Yeah, that's-, that's all they want they just want to have their pets <laughs> so i'm just like oh that gives me one extra fucking thing i have to worry about like now I have to figure out what the sprite's gonna do or- keep track so and my wife just looks at it like my wife god bless her my wife is a saint not just well, partially because she's married to me. Let's be honest, boys. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm there with you. Uh,
1: well, I'm I, just, I, <laughs> I graduated with an advanced degree in marrying up, so. Right.
0: So, <laughs> but she kind of just tolerates it all. And we had a talk when we were going in one day where uh, I'm like, you know, you don't necessarily need to tell kids at school that you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. My oldest one's like, why? I'm like, well, some people might not think Dungeons and Dragons is cool. My little one's like, they're gonna call us nerds. <laughs> I'm like, she gets I, it. I'm like, well, the, I don't know if it's nerds, or, but I said, look, nerds make most of the money in the real world anyway. So the bottom line is, like, if you look at who was nerds in high school, those guys are all making money. I said, but you be who you are. You, but I said, you don't need to run around telling everybody. I said, let's just kind of leave this with us that this is what we do as a family. (laughs) They're like, okay, whatever. Like they think I'm weird for like (laughs) mentioning special daddy time, Uh, whatever. We'll see. But yeah, dude, they remember, it's
2: so cool that they're that into it though. And you'll
0: think like, you'll think like, Oh, there's no way they're like, Oh, no, that's what that lady told us. And the big thing was they had to go out and get a secret from a banshee for some person. And, uh, they were, like, really into, like, well, we want to know what the Banshee's secret is. I'm like, I don't even think that's in the fucking adventure. Like, the, this other person just wanted you to ask <laughs> a question of the Banshee. And, like, like well, why is the Banshee out there? So they were obsessed yeah, the, with it. That person was a stranger,
2: and we don't trust strangers, so we need to know what, what's going on. So
0: here. funny. Okay, so similar thing. We're walking Halloween we're walking, I'm walking with my girls down the hill, we're walking around our neighborhood, and uh, we got past drunk guy, drunk guy wanders out, we go by his house, drunk guy wanders out, and is like, hey, so what's going on? I'm like, uh, just trick or treating. he goes, yeah. He goes, a lot of kids out tonight, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, they are. He goes, yeah. I go, yeah, I don't know, I guess I, he goes, more than that belong in this neighborhood. I'm like, well, uh, don't know about that, but, like, whatever, like, my kids are just trying to walk up the driveway, oh, wow. you know? He goes, I go, yeah, I guess maybe people drove in and, uh, driven, we have, we have a park near us, so people drive in, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's the blacks, right? That's what you're talking about, the blacks? I'm like, no, not talking wow. about that at all. <laughs> like, wow. Like, I'm like, uh, don't see any black kids here? This is, like, totally just, just totally drunk person like leaning against the boat in his own driveway like just (laughs) completely liquored up and and his house the the he's like honey they're coming to you there's a chair in front of the door and she's sitting inside the house at the chair like just giving candy to the kids so that was that was part of very nice thanksgiving experience check that candy carefully i was like yeah hey do you racist much like just go back in your house Mm -hmm. racist drunk guy (laughs) like Yeah. Oh, oh, but what, yeah. I, what I was going to mention is, so my wife, my, my we're all walking down, and uh, my daughter goes up. And there's two like nice ladies, and uh, my daughter comes back and she goes, "That lady touched me." She goes. She goes. Stranger danger. She tells me that. Yeah. I'm like, what did she do? She goes. She grabbed my cheek and said, "You're cute." I'm like, I don't think that's like a stranger danger situation. Like, but she's like, no, that's it. They told us we have to report
2: Yeah, that's still that's still creepy.
0: It's like it's like no. I think if someone grabs your cheek and says you're cute, I think you're okay. Like you're fine. You're not gonna be. There's no stranger danger there. They're on it though. Oh, the kids are all. They got them all briefed up. Better safety. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Exactly. That's right. So, of course, I reported to the lady, and then the swatted to the house <laughs> later that night. Yeah. Sex that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's what she deserves. Exactly. Alright, so, that's, uh, yeah, I guess that's D&D with the, with the kids. Uh, stranger danger, and um, they want a bunch of animals to walk around with mm-hmm. them all Bats. day long. So, do they...
1: Does a typical session involve a lot of combat, or do they want to spend the whole time with their pets and their creatures and no it, okay
0: that's god rex you're probably the best host we've ever had on the show that's, <laughs> a great no, that's uh, a great professional. it's interesting because they will neg- they want to negotiate and talk and like well i remember my party when i was a kid we would like attack at the first sign of any disrespect it was an automatic slaughter like we must have slaughtered the village of homlet like five times like just killing everyone in the town these kids <laughs> Just a case. these kids will go above and beyond and not cause any violence to anyone. So, but it's good. Yeah. So they're, they're very into the role playing and talking to people and trying to find out what they're, what they're doing. And do you so, think to, to
1: be really professional for a second, does that, does fifth edition make that easier to have that kind of role playing versus older editions of D and D?
0: I think, uh, I think the problem with the earlier editions is they were more wargamey. Uh, I think there were, there were uh, kind of, I think definitely 4th edition had a, uh, like a, like, you definitely needed like a battle board and we're going to fight out. I think 5th, most of the stuff we just write on a piece of paper where everybody is and they all fight. And I think the battles actually, the combat, the, the impression I got from 4th edition was while I was kind of drawn to it because I was a war gamer. I think 4th edition was more of a war version of the game. I think uh, 5th Edition is more of a gamey, gamers perspective on it, where the battles actually go pretty quickly, where they're just rolling and and hit points are down. Guys don't have all these hit points and crazy hit points. There's a lot of really cool things about D&D 5th Edition that they put into the game, uh, especially as far as what character classes can be and what they can choose to do. And uh, it's really pretty wonderful for the girls because they'll all get excited and read through all the different stuff they can do. And uh, I think fourth edition was much more about just like it's a game,
1: right? So yeah, it was it was definitely tabletop miniatures in intense, excruciating detail. So I'm kind of curious about where it's going.
0: Rex, did you play
1: 4th edition at all? Have uh, you played that? A little bit. The most fun I had playing D&D was interesting enough in college with a, and it was a great game master who ran Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, but he almost never referenced the rules. He just did a fantastic job of creating stories and he was the master of setting up situations where there was distrust inside the party, but there were enough things you didn't know about that you never really wanted to betray or attack somebody in your own party, but you never really trusted him. It was just, but it was all his job as game master. I, mean, I don't even remember how many times we rolled the dice it, and he would just say, roll this number and you'd roll and you'd get your results or not. But it was very little combat and combat was quick when it happened. It was all about the settings and the situation. Do you ever read the uh, sanctuary, uh, Shared universe. It was a bunch of short stories. Oh, th- like Thieves' World? Yeah, th- exactly. Thieves' oh, World. Fuck yes, I did. Oh, yeah. That's it was great. completely set it's incredible and inspired in a Thieves' World setting. And it was just fantastic because it was all about faction politics. And right. you would always set up parties that had uh, allegiances to different factions and you weren't sure what's going on. So um, the rules really fell away. And that to me was the big thing.
0: So. Yeah, I would say with my girls, the interesting thing is they get really into the role-playing. And where I'm a, a dad and I'm I'm kind of trying to push the adventure forward, they'll come up with stuff that I never even saw. Like where they and and like I said, they remember details and they they they're really uh uh strong on remembering the storyline and uh where all like they always try to find like peaceful resolutions to situations so well it's been it's been fun playing with them i've really enjoyed it and i think it's definitely better than if i played also i think it's much more fun running them through it uh but yeah i think the new version is definitely more of a, a a trace back to the way the old game used to play where it's not war game you move two spaces this guy pushes you back two squares and then i have a a like a stun one square radius that you know we have to have everybody on the battle grid so that's awesome yeah and the other cool thing there's cool things i like about it where uh i'm like i don't want to turn it to a total D show but um like even if you have a spell that's low level, and you might have the high levels available, you can use a low level spell in a high level slot and make it much more powerful. So there's there's a lot of cool. options available to to players and and stuff that they can do. So they like it. Hey, Whatever.
1: here's what we'll do, Dave. If the war gamers want a refund for everything they paid for tonight, we'll just sort that out with them.
0: Right. That's exactly. it It'll be a zero dollar to zero dollar <laughs> <laughs> refund yeah if i could I can record, just fill out the correct forms sometimes I, I should maybe record my kids playing because i think like the stuff they say is so fucking hilarious like i'm dying laughing halfway through the game of course there is a lot of drinking going on because of course they fight like crazy over everything what do your so, kids prefer to drink <laughs> yeah they're, they're milk the, yeah they're the milk drinkers dude <laughs> what do you think they're drinking milk drinkers of but they're, they're drinking sometimes they get into the cream the heavy cream <laughs> yeah and so, the so that's the big thing uh the nice thing so the nice thing about the D fifth edition story kit it's 20 bucks get an adventure with it which is probably the best part of the whole deal but even then if you go on uh a, uh a, a, like a amazon or anything you can get a player's handbook for like 30 dollars, probably so i paid too much money because i was like i need it now and uh i paid the price with the wife for that so yeah i think that's the right thing to do though right so All right, so we got game reviews? Sure. Jason, uh, Ralph has specifically requested that you review your game before anybody (laughs) else's. Well,
2: I'm not going to review that game, so I I can wait. I'll do Wing Leader next time. All right, Rex,
0: you want to review? Oh, boy. Okay. So let's
1: talk about Guild Ball. (laughs) You sound sound really depressed about that. No, I'm just worried because we just spent all this time talking about Dungeons & Dragons, and now I'm going to talk about a... Miniatures fantasy
0: sport game. So, do, you, do you want me to do a more yeah, war game-y I, review right now? I yeah, I'm do fine. that. Do a right, war game review so, so that yeah. we protect our integrity. We are going to I don't care who's listening.
2: I want to hear about Guild Balls, so fuck everybody else. You just want to hear about. Guild. Dave, you can go ahead. You
0: You want to hear about Guild Balls. This is a different thing.
2: I, I do. It's a game. Yum.
0: It's a game. Okay, so.
2: Oh, I, I misunderstood.
0: So I'm going to do a review of a game. That is steeped in the traditions of board game wargaming. This game is from one of the most hallowed halls of wargaming, Victory Games. This game is called the US Civil War. Yeah. Mm. And it has ancestry throughout our, our roots in historical wargaming. So, uh, what do we think of the game? US Civil War came out from GMT. It, I want to say, what is it, like, Jason? 50 bucks? Who does prices? Who are price people? Sure, that 50? That sounds correct. Right?
1: I'm, maybe 65. I'm sure it's between 50 and 75 at a fine yeah. internet retailer.
0: All right. So uh, the big thing about the game is it really has its roots. You guys are like right now hearing me like toss my paper all over the place. Um, the big thing is it has roots in the Victoria games. Victoria games. Victory. Got to Victory. Am I getting drunk at this point? Too much beer? That's okay. Can't be too much beer. Take your time. We're fine. So there's Victory Games came out with the Civil War way back in the day. And that's when I played the game. And we loved it. I mean, I played the shit out of Victory Games version of the Civil War. And uh but the problem is as you as you stop playing these games and you move on, uh, you, you start to forget, like, how great was the game? Like maybe you have a fondness about it. So, you you know, it, it's easy to pretend that the game had no problems. The game had a lot of problems. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of manipulation, especially when it came to, like, generals and trying to move them around because you didn't want a crappy general. to be pretty this right? Yeah, there were, there were different gamey things you could do. So uh, when we're talking about U.S. Civil War uh basically this is a game that's covering the civil war in america it's uh the difference between the dice decide who gets the initiative so each turn of the game has four basic phases and how much stuff you can do is based on the difference between the two dice that each each side rolled in opposition to each other so if you if you tie then each guy gets a special card. If it's one, then each side gets one action point. If it's two, each side gets two action points, three, blah, four. Four is a special result, because if there's a four difference, that means it's on to Richmond, which means the union is, is forced by political pressures to make an attack on a Confederate objective for Army. So, so basically, each, each term consists of uh, a beginning phase, and then four initiative phases where guys roll opposed di- dice against each other to determine how many action points or activation points they have and the turn ends. So that's it. And so do
1: both sides get the same number of action points? Just, I assume the side right. that one gets to Goes use first. theirs first. Got it.
0: They go first. So, uh, I mean, I could go through the whole thing, but part of it, what I'm going to talk about, is just the differences between the games. Um, things i really liked about the way they do the game this way is in the old game you were always worried about your generals dying in the battle you'd be like oh please don't let hood get killed in this battle because i really need him to become a division commander where he'd be really good or maybe you'd have a bad commander and you're hoping that guy would die in this game deaths promotions movements they're all preset so you can't change them so while the map and the 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 counters and a lot of the stuff about the game looks very similar to the original victory game Civil War version this is one of the big things that's different Jackson's gonna die Lions is gonna die at a certain point guys will get promoted and replace other leaders so you can't just try to move guys around and hope oh let me keep him out of the way or let me get granted to one battle just to see if I can get him promoted they've taken away a lot of that manipulation of the system But does that give you different manipulation? Because now you know Jackson's going to disappear. I was
1: going to say, is it scripted?
2: Well, you
0: do know the guy's going to die. You know Jackson's going to die. Like it, it, especially comes into play with Lions in Missouri because the the player, the Union player, knows that he's got one turn to use Lions, basically. And Lions is like a good offensive leader, so it encourages you to attack with Lions early. But if anything, that encourages you to just do what they did historically. You know, lions did attack at Springfield, so at Wilson's Creek.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, you know what's coming. You know who's going to die and when. So you know when Jackson will die or whatever. But it's better than the other version where you would move guys around to try to avoid things. And tr- I think I think it's improvement. Um, one of the other cool things they do is they have special action cards so each each side has a deck of cards that they can they can uh draw from each turn and if you tie on initiative you get another card from it and these basically give you bonuses to like maybe do a forced march or get an extra bonus on an attack or to build a fortress so one of the cool things that 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 system does is in the old game the the confederates are kind of i believe restricted on how many fortresses they could build because when you're in the south you want to like kind of fortify the mississippi and build fortresses in new orleans and but this way it's controlled by this card mechanism where the cards will kind of if you get a t- typical type of card you can use that to start a fortress so there's not this artificial structure uh keeping you from doing it instead there's like a card draw that lets you decide when to build fortresses on the mississippi so i thought that was me.
1: Is there a trade-off as far as if I use this card to build a fortress, I can't do something
0: else? Right. You could have used the card to give yourself a plus two on an attack in that theater, or maybe let yourself move your unit, move uh, two extra movement points or force march. So there are a lot of trade-offs. Like you have to decide. The other thing is, uh, for, especially for the North, the, uh, the cards let them do amphibious invasions with the Navy. So uh, a card might allow – uh, them to attack a fortress or port to close that port, so the South can't use that port anymore so and how do politics get represented in the game well the the The, the political factors are basically the big thing is that there's an election in eighteen sixty four so uh, the the big grind of the game is basically the north's objective is to reduce the south's production and to reduce their their naval supply for like from blockades by controlling ports to get down to where i mean the civil war in essence was a war of attrition you know regardless of which side won in each battle uh in the end there was always an army facing another army so not until the end of the war when the south's economy started to kind of collapse and there were no more troops left uh did, did the union really start to gain traction so this game really reflects that where uh two facets, in it's where one is a, a war on land to gain territory, and resources, and take them from the south, and the other is a war from the sea to try to uh, blockade and control the port south. Does so that answer your question, Rex? Uh, no, it does,
1: and I'm just curious, because sometimes when you look at games that do American Civil War strategic, there's almost this, well, of course the North's going to win, so how does the game stop you from just as the union player steamrolling the south occupying richmond in
0: 1862 and and going on well yeah i think the problem is in the game i don't think the north is able to do that like physically like they don't have the troops like if if you don't take the time to reduce the southern economy the southern economy is, is capable of maintaining some kind of pace with the north so uh it requires reduction in, in like i said the the you have to take ports you have to have devote resources to taking ports fortresses coastal fortresses and uh and uh taking the 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 war in the west is really more a war against the southern economy from a, a different direction mm-hmm. because the the dc to manassas uh angle is just not going to cut it for the north though sometimes they're forced in the east when you when you get that four uh, result, when you get on the Richmond, you're required to attack like an objective or or uh, a, an enemy occupied hex in the Eastern Theater. So you have to do it whether you want to want to or not. So that's cool. Yeah, and uh,
2: how does it play solo?
0: Well. The, the interesting thing about playing it solo is that in the first turn, like basically, I don't, again, I don't know how many listeners are familiar with the geography of the U.S., but Kentucky is basically a really long, wide state. So Kentucky begins neutral. So the first guy to enter Kentucky triggers it for the other side. So it's kind of an odd idea, uh, maybe oh, for other cool. people, that a state in the Union would be neutral and say, well, I'm not Union, I'm not Confederacy. But it was basically, so. Not until 1862 does Kentucky declare for the Union. So basically it gives this kind of barrier state for the South uh, through most, most of the first year. But what will happen is, as a Southern player, you, you tend to be like, well, what can I do? Uh, not sure like what I should be doing. Normally after playing a couple rounds, then you're like, oh, that's what the fuck I should have been doing. Like I should have been fortifying <laughs> that city or building a fort there. And I think in the old game, they would only let you build like maybe three forts fortresses, but the new game basically has different levels of fortresses and it has a restricted counter like amount. So that's what kind of controls your, your, and I think it does a much better job with using the action cards to to special action cards, much better job by the victory games version and kind of handling the fortification of, of the Mississippi, and uh various other aspects of the southern fight
1: are those special action cards like hidden information that might make it not as much fun solo
0: yeah, I guess I guess any time you have cards you're gonna get in trouble where guys will be like, Oh, this game sucks to play and, and then another guy'll say, Well it's great, but you're just playing it solo, so that's why you don't like Seki Gahara, you know, there's there's a bunch of games like that we've seen. Like, even like with Kev Sharp. Kev Sharp will review a game occasionally and be like, Yeah, I didn't like this game but when or we see with Conflict of Heroes mm. where if yeah, if you know what the other guy has, um a little bit. I think it's still fun to play solo because you never really know what your action points are going to be from turn to turn, and uh, obviously you have if you if you have an offense card that you're going to use, that's a big surprise for your opponent. He's like, "Oh, I got you," because I have fortifications built. You're like, "Well, I got a plus two because I have a card," so that can make a big difference. Huh. But uh, the, yeah. the biggest thing I think about the game that I really liked was. The guy did a lot of work on the designer notes and even the map notes, like because there's a lot of different ports and let's be honest, like US coastal geography is very complex, like the Hatteras Inlets and and the swamps outside of Mobile and New Orleans, but they've got a lot of different examples of the way those maps lay out with, with the different ports and they show like, here's where you would attack and here's where you could come in. And, and so they do a really good job of the map notes of isolating different port areas and explaining how the terrain works around them. So that was cool. Uh, designer notes are there. They give advice on tactics, which is especially valuable. Like I said, in 1861, yeah, I was like, yeah, when the players are like, what do I do? Like I guess I, I should attack a Missouri, like, Am I supposed to do something in Virginia? Because I feel like my army is no good. The the other thing they changed was, um, I think they changed this. Again, this is my memory going back. but So it used to be the generals would have an army. Like you'd have the army of Northern Virginia. And then you'd put a shitload of really good generals in that army. And then they would just kick the shit out of like, the union. Like the army of Northern Virginia would be like <laughs> plus six on every roll. And it would just totally smoke them. It, it's changed a little bit to now where one to six strength points is just the leader seven to 12 is leader and another guy's bonus so leaders are rated for attack bonus defense bonus and then uh their movement so like a three three star general in front of an army if he's got seven to twelve guys he gets his if he's going to attack he gets his attack bonus plus one of his subordinate generals attack bonuses and i don't think that's how it was in the first game but the other cool thing they do is They have something called cautious general. So a lot of the union generals are cautious. So uh, their their numbers for movement are like by backlit by red or whatever. So if I want to attack with McClelland, McClelland, yeah, he can move three or four. But I have to, instead of paying one activation point, I have to pay two activation points to move him if he's going to move like to attack an enemy. So when you get that onto Richmond result from activation, you're like, Oh fuck! Because McClellan's in charge of the army, so it's not just going to cost you one out of those four points. It's going to cost you two because McClellan is reluctant to attack. So, so right yeah. away, Lincoln's like, "Oh, I'm going to have to put like extra effort into <laughs> doing this shit."
1: And is there anything about uh, like political generals who you're stuck with and you have to try to get rid of or anything like that?
0: They, they, they did kind of. Um, The rules basically right now are where three-star generals and above you cannot transfer. So they're stuck with who they have. So you can send them off to go commit because it always ended up where like there'd be like obviously Rex, you've played this game, right? The, The Victor Games version. I have not. Oh, you haven't? Okay, because they would always end up where there's one town with like 45 crappy generals sitting in it for the Union. Like, basically, the union <laughs> Just hanging out. The Union would ban like, all their, their shitty generals off to that area. So in this game, you can transfer guys that are two and one stars, but three stars, uh, they actually have to move with troops. So you actually have to give banks that command out on the peninsula or whatever you want to do. And and that's a problem. But but you will see leaders replacing leaders like a, a guy might get promoted, like McClellan gets promoted to three-star, McDowell gets demoted down to two-star and they flip. So that means now McDowell can be transferred out. And the other thing they did is even the bad union generals aren't terrible because the The designer said, "Hey, part of it is that the troops are okay. so it used to be that a bad general in this game was a real problem for you. Like you would give the opponent rerolls, and that that's been changed where now even mediocre generals give some benefit on defense because they're at least there with their command structure, so they aren't worthless. So I think that was a smart design decision by the guy who, who, who redesigned the game. So, like a crabby general might be a zero one four, which means he gives you nothing on offense. He's a he moves four, but on defense he gives you a plus one. So, if you want to guard an area, yeah, you might put that guy there to do something. So, yeah. So the map notes—they have like great it. play examples, great map notes. uh The map is mounted, which I won't get into. My opinion of mounted maps—I would rather not have maps mounted, but I think
3: here it's here. good
0: that they i mean i guess they think it's an upgrade so um yeah, i don't like yeah, it was okay so they did it the counter. don't they realize
1: what we spent on plexiglass
0: i know and the, and like the map the the mounts it starts to peel off a little bit in some sections i don't like that don't know how i'm supposed to fix that um, yep but the map itself is beautiful looks just almost just like the way the civil war version looked, the original victory games version they've they've clearly tried to stay true to the victory games roots and uh uh they did cut off the far west thank god so that's no longer involved um yeah i think it's great i think if you really basically it's it's uh, a strategic level war game of the american civil war uh it's going to take you down a ride the, the big VP uh, connections are obviously the 1864 election. See if McClellan beats Lincoln. And then it's Final War, uh, Final Victory. Uh, there's, the South can win. Every turn that goes on, it makes the Union's VPs go down. So the Union wants to win as soon as it can. Um, I thought it was great. And there's an advanced game that introduces like uh, ironclads and batteries. And I didn't play that. So that's it. It's a great game. I think it's really fun. And I That's don't cool. think there's any other game. I guess for the people, maybe would would compete for scale, but I don't think it it says wargaming as this game. No, it doesn't. Doesn't
1: sound like it. it. Sounds like this is the game if you want a strategic Civil War game.
0: Yeah, if you want to just fight a game where you're going to be hex encounters battling to over over the, the the United States. This is it. That's cool. What do you give it? Uh, I give it. Um, you know, I'm in the, I, part of its. Probably just my own fun memories, nostalgia, but I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a seven and a half for fun. Uh, I haven't gotten far enough in the game, but uh, beers, I don't know, like six, seven beers probably. I mean, you could play this one for sure. So back and forth. The other thing I'll tell people though is something I screwed up in the game is with the special action cards, they're very important, obviously, because they give you bonuses in separate theaters. Special action cards might say like Trans-Mississippi, Western, Eastern, um uh any naval so it's important that when each time before you draw the cards you have to reshuffle so when you use a card on something it's supposed to get shuffled back into the deck and that wasn't immediately clear to me when i was playing so just because you just played a naval action doesn't mean you're not just as likely to pull a naval action it should be reshuffled in and it should be available to you so And geez, now that I think about it, I didn't even mention the fact that the game's divided into theaters, but whatever. Enjoy. Buy it. You'll love it. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, looks good. Bye. Awesome review.
2: Very nice. Rex, you can take it.
1: So let's talk about Guild Ball. Guild Ball is a fantasy miniatures sports game.
0: And, And Guild Balls is another event. Completely,
3: completely
1: different <laughs> event. You might want to go to 4chan to check okay. that out. If you've played Blood Bowl, you sort of know what Guild Ball is, except you don't, because Guild Ball is a vastly better game than uh, Blood Bowl. Um, it says fantasy, but there are no elves. There's no orcs. Really, I would say. Rather than fantasy, they should just say alternative or fictional. Uh, it's very medieval in setting, so they've got a world where uh, different geography, different history. Uh, everyone's humanoid. They had a hundred years war, uh, and they've basically exhausted themselves. The nation states succumbed to a great extent to the power of various guilds, and. There was a cultural activity called mob football, which is very much like soccer, and the guilds co-opted that, and they actually began to use it as a dispute resolution device in a way for their political machinations. So that's the fluff behind the game. Uh, if you okay. Here's the great news about the game. Um, the complete rulebook is free to download. If you wanna play, test the game out, they have a set of paper miniatures you can download for free. So you can play the game to see if it's something you're interested in. So a typical game uh, plays to 12 points. And the way you score points, you get four points for a goal. So it's very much a mix between soccer, what we call soccer, and uh, a tactical combat game. Because the other way to score points in the game is you can get two points for taking out an enemy player. Uh, you're going to play with six players on a team. There is a variety of guilds. I think there's currently eight in the uh, world that you can pick from. And,
3: and how many um, come in the box?
1: You can buy a starter box that's going to give you three players, a captain, a mascot, and one other player. Anytime you build a team, you have to have a captain, you have to have a mascot, and all the players either have to be from the same guild as the captain, there's one wild card. There's something called the union. You can play the union as a team, but individual union players are basically mercenaries, and they have a special ability that lets them play for certain other teams. When you buy your models, every model has a card. So... Uh, Have have either of you guys ever played Blood Bowl? I've seen it. I've seen it out there, but I haven't
0: played it.
1: So, for example, in Blood Bowl, you'll have just a generic player called a lineman. And over the course of the season, you might be able to give that lineman enhancements and special abilities. In Guild Ball, every single player is a unique named individual. So, for example, I picked a, a guild called the Masons, so, currently, I can pick from...
2: That's suspicious. Yes,
1: could be. Uh, so, the captain is uh, named Honor, and it's a, uh, a gender-friendly game. So, there are both male and female.
0: Um, uh, oh, my, my girls would love that. They, they're all, there you go. They're obsessed with having female characters they can play. The owner the, is a female captain.
1: Her sister is an available selection. Her sister's name is Harmony. So there's a little bit of a kind of a pro wrestling thing going on with this as far as the naming of <laughs> these players. So here are the players that I could pick from uh, in uh, the Masons. Uh, I've got a player called Brick, a player called Tower, a player called Mallet, a player <coughs> called Flint, and they just released a player called Chisel for my team.
0: I'm detecting a theme.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Mm
3: -hmm. The other guilds, real Mm -hmm. quick,
1: are the Fishermen, the Butchers, the Alchemists, the Morticians, the Brewers, which would be a very AAC kind of guild, because they have a very (laughs) uh, drunk Scotsman kind of uh, theme. Is it a
0: shit-sucker truck (laughs) guild, or No. Not based on my deployments, <laughs> that was an important part of the community. The Shitsucker truck guys were very important. Okay,
1: could be season two. I'd be looking for them to uh, join the fray. Um, engineers, I think that's all the guilds. I mean, if that's not eight, then I've left somebody out. Um,
0: their their feelings are hurt. I'm sure they're sulking back. Absolutely. I'm,
2: look- I'm looking at a picture of the union. So... Um,
1: This is a miniature skirmish game, for lack of a better term. You play on a three-by-three surface. Um, Each side has a goal. There's a center line. There's a setup line that's like 10 inches in. Um, Players have the following stats. I'm going to actually look at a card so I get it right. They have a movement stat. If they just use a regular movement, they can move four inches. Well, well, one of them can move four inches, the guy I'm particularly (laughs) reading And then they have a sprint if they use influence, which we'll talk about in a second. They have something called tack, which is how many dice they roll when they attack somebody. They have something called kick, which is how many dice they roll and how far they can kick the ball. They have defense, which is a target number if somebody's attacking them. They have armor, which is uh, if you roll them and you get successful hits for how many armor they have, you reduce those. And then you have something called Influence. So there's two resources that you manage in this game. The first influence is something that you generate based on your players. They tell you how much influence you generate. You assign it to your players at the beginning of the turn, and influence powers their ability to do various special abilities, special plays, and activities. There's a completely separate resource called Momentum, which we'll talk about in just a second. So, questions so far? No, sounds good. Nope. I'm doing a lot of talking and not hearing much at this point. So,
0: go. Can you, can you, would you, no, would you, I'm, would you I'm like paying you to attention. Talk more during, I can, I'm happy to interrupt you. I just at want to, point. here, we can, just, we like, can interrupt. Just want make all make sure you, you have, to, like, have to take a dump or something, you know. Um, I BRB'd you, dude. What are you talking about? You're going to cut me out for taking a dump during the podcast. <laughs> I <you>? He's back. <laughs> um,
1: so each card, each character also has the possibility to have various character plays. Those are special abilities that they can trigger during the game. Some of them are constant abilities that are always there. Some of them are abilities they have to spend some influence to use. Um, probably the really unique or cool thing, because right now this is a very standard miniatures game. Okay, I've got a stat line, I've got this resource that I use to activate people. You know, what's the. So, uh, yeah, let's
0: let's. How the fuck do the guys play fucking soccer? Okay, so here's the deal. Let's, let's get to the soccer. It's it's <laughs> it's six aside. Um, it's sort of
1: a mix between soccer and lacrosse. So let me let me interrupt. So, so the starter pack has three
2: guys in it. Correct. But you need six. Correct. Six per side. So it's well, not it's really a, a starter pack. They
1: sell or they well, for free download. They have something called the demo rules, and um, they've got some demo cards in there, and you can use your three players and play on a mm. two by two surface to kind of learn the game. So that's why they have three players in see. the
0: starter box. So in the scenario, okay. do, you, do you just, do you just practice passing to each other, or like, <laughs> like <laughs> back and forth? <laughs> now if you want
1: to score a goal, you can buy. It's like that Simpson. No, not so much. So it's just it's. Um, A simplified version of the game, and it's played on a smaller field, so you can do it with three players. So again, so how does a guy score a goal? Well, you have a kick stat. So, for example, we'll just use one of my players, Mallet. I've got his card in front of me. He rolls two dice when he's kicking, and he he has a maximum kick range of six inches. So, if he's within six inches of the goal, he rolls two two dice. If he gets a four or better, he scores a goal. Answer your question. Yeah, that seems, that seems like he has a
0: pretty good chance of scoring.
1: If he can get within six inches of the goal without getting his face smashed in by an opposing uh, player.
3: I
0: see. So other defenders are like trying to attack him. Correct.
1: This is a very, very positional game. Are because there yellow
0: cards and red cards there in are, the game? There's
1: no referee. There's no yellow card or red card. If a player gets knocked out, they've got a mechanic that allows you to bring the player in with reduced health. Um, and one of the trade-offs you get to is you can um bring him back in the very next turn at the first level of reduced health if you choose to hold him out for another turn he comes back in with a higher amount of health but the problem is a lot of times games might be three or four turns so can you really afford to leave somebody out for two Uh, Hmm, So it's an interesting decision, whether you bring that guy back in. Oh, by the way, you bring that guy back in on reduced health. If he gets knocked out again, he just gave your opponent two more victory points.
0: So, and and there's league play, I guess. you guys play in leagues. There is, but this
1: is probably the one point where some people who really enjoy blood bowl are going to be disappointed because in blood bowl and games like that, You build your roster and you play games. And over the course of the season, you have the ability to improve your players. You don't have any ability to improve your players in this game. There is no point valuation for any player in the game. So the company who makes it has had to balance all these players across all permutations of them playing against each other. But here's what they're going to do, which is cool. Right now, they're in season one of the game they're just beginning to start season two and what they're going to do is they're going to release new cards for season two. So some of the players from season one are going to change. They're going to have new stats okay. and and your choice is you might decide, well, I like season one mallet better than I like season two mallet. So I'm going to put him in my team perfectly fine choice. Um, not all the players are going to change, but um, it's an alternating activation system. So, At the beginning of the turn, everybody assigns their influence to their players. There's an initiative role. Whoever wins the initiative role gets to decide who goes first. So a really critical part of the game is looking at the field, looking at your players, looking at your opposing players and trying to figure out, well, if they go first, what can they potentially do to me? Can they alpha strike me? Can they take out my main guy? Or um, if I go first, can I get a goal with my first activation or do I need to Eliminate certain players or knock certain players out of position. It's very positional and order of activation and understanding what your opponent's special abilities are are all really important parts of the game. Okay, so uh, fun one to ten? Um, If you like this kind of game where you have that. C- like if you,
0: if you enjoy soccer, if you're a soccer fan and a gaming fan,
1: soccer players are probably, if you just love soccer, um, it might be a six for you because the first time you play a team, that's all about beating face and all of your really good fruit, free soccer players get smashed into the ground and knocked out of the game. <laughs> so like Dave, <laughs> I know you're a premier league guy. Right. And I appreciate the fact but, that... But I am
0: a Newcastle fan. I mean, we're one low, we're one step from being relegated. Well, We're in relegation range. We're, relegation. we're doing awful Well, did this you year. not watch the game today? I did not, so I'd rather not hear about anything because I haven't watched anything today. Mm-hmm. Did you record? I, I don't have... I've I, I cut the cord, dude. Okay. I don't have any access to anything. I'm a, so, I'm a Liverpool fan, and you're going to be very
1: happy when you look up what happened today.
0: Well, if we beat Liverpool, (laughs) I don't think that's much of an achievement. Wow, it's harsh. So
1: (laughs) some teams are like the old Stoke City, where they're like kicking people in the shins, knocking them down, just very ugly. And then other teams like the Fishermen are like Arsenal. you know, It's a pass and move and juke and jump around and this, that, and the other. But here's the the intriguing thing, and I'll be done talking about this. You roll a bunch of dice for your attack pool. And in most games, you would just get a certain number of hits. They'd do a certain amount of damage. You'd look at the armor, and you'd be done. Here's what they've done that's really interesting in this game. Each player has a matrix of two rows and a certain number of columns. So let's say, for example, five columns. And you have a different, various different results slotted in that matrix. It might be damage. It might be allow your player to dodge. It might be allow your player to push the opposing player, it might be allowed, knock the other player down, tackle the ball. You roll your dice. If you get three hits, for lack of a better term, you can look at the first three columns and you pick one of those results out of those first three columns and apply it. So a big part of the game is looking at your results and deciding what do I want to do? Which of these results do I want to take? If you have a really big result, let's say you've got a four column uh, matrix and you got six hits. You could pick any one of the first four cause you have four. Then you wrap around and you get one more selection off the first two columns. So it gives them an incredible way, a uh, way to uh, define their players as to what results they put in there. And just a really interesting combat rec- resolution mechanism that I've never seen before. So as far as beers, that's cool uh, um to play it well two or three <laughs> because really if you start messing up your order of activation or, or you start making poor choices in which uh results to take you just have no chance in the game um but as far as the basic rules 10 12 beers and the basic rules are real simple it's how they work around each other that's guild ball but but it is it
0: is it is miniature. sounds cool. so. You need to have the figures. You do
1: need to have the figure. Although again, you can download off their website paper miniatures. So if you're not snobby about that kind of stuff, you could you could play their entire game completely for free. Okay. Good.
2: Okay. Yeah. And the, the miniatures actually, I mean, the paper miniatures are actually oh. pretty cool. I'm looking at them now. They're
1: yeah, full I color and, and printed them out and and used them to play my first few games before I went and ordered it again. The miniatures you can get them from a couple of game stores here in the U.S. They're boutique miniatures, so they're a little bit on the high side. You know, twelve bucks a miniature, but you're talking about
0: hmm. you know, yeah, 12 12
2: crazy. Twelve
3: dollars.
2: <laughs> 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 I was looking at a Decisions game earlier that was $12, and I was like, it's eh, it's a whole I'll wait different for world. it.
1: So that's Guild Ball.
2: Yeah. So, this looks like the perfect game for me to play at a... Like, if we do a right. I, I could see myself right, sitting down and playing this. But
3: I, uh,
2: right, because I am not, I know I'm not going to paint it, but it looks super cool. Like, it's the setting... You know, it's almost like like the Five Points New York style. You know, like th- oh yeah, the old there's... timey figures and like the the the, the gangs well, that they have put together. Brett
0: that if there is an advanced combat con, he's coming. So here's the other good news: mm-hmm. there's
1: a really good vassal module.
0: Yes, there is. So oh really? Fuck the miniatures. Yep. Who cares? Oh, that's yep. interesting. So that's uh-huh. Gilball. Hey, right, good job, man.
2: Is that also free, or do they charge for it? Like some it other is completely questionable free. game companies? Yeah. Hmm. We might have to Done All right, Jason.
0: Jason, you got a game you got to review? Okay, now, just for sure. the, just, just the record. Are, are you running life, out of time, Dave? Me the stink eye. <laughs> Cause, cause... I, was, I was wondering. We're,
2: we're
1: well past two hours. So it makes everyone feel better. I, I got a visit as well with the... You're still talking to those guys? Look. Yes, I am. <laughs>
0: You're starring on an international podcast. Exactly. All it's right, a so serious, serious business. for some serious ice okay, crushing so be... and heavy breathing. Brought to you by Jason. Am I, is my you breathing look, really there's heavy? There's a lot of sighing. Maybe a lot of my sign. microphone's in a weird... It's like... <sighs> no, it's good. It's like a Darth Vader vibe, I think.
2: I'm just excited. Ex- I'm just excited to see nice. Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about A Week in Hell. Uh, this is by Battles Magazine. Um, it was in, I think, their issue number three, but they make it available, um, and it comes in like a six-by-nine envelope. So this game covers um, January 31st to six February, 1968. It's, um, you know, the, the Tet Offensive in 68 um, around the, the city of Way. Um, This just covers that first week. Um, The actual whole battle kind of took a month, but this just covers clearing out the southern portion of the city that's that's south of the Perfume River. Uh, So just kind of some bullet points for the game. Um, Each turn is is one day, um, but each turn is a variable number of phases from 6 to 10, so you don't know how long each turn is going to take or how long each turn is is going to last, um, which is kind of cool. And then there's a nighttime phase that, that comes in there. Um, the counters are companies of Marines. You have the first of the first uh, and the second of the fifth Marines. So the rulebook is very clear. Um, for the most part, I think there's one or two kind of errata-y issues that, that come up. But for the most part, you can play the game. Um, even the errata doesn't really... Fix much. It just kind of clarifies, uh, which which I'm always a big fan of. Um, it's a solo-only game, um, and Dave. I think when we started talking about solo games, kind of early on, uh, we talked about like you know the distinguishing factors of some of the some of the ones. And this is kind of more of the the, the puzzly side to where it is almost solvable um, after you play it five or six times. You could start to see. The right, winning you get, strategy you get the idea. and kind this of is what, what, the guy what it needs. To do or this is what I'm
3: supposed to do with these
2: guys. Right, right. And and kind of historically, that's what it would take um, because what you're trying to do is secure the city, but at nighttime, any areas that you've secured that you don't kind of have a cordon around, they're going to get infiltrated. And there's a very good chance if they get infiltrated, the, the NBA is going to retake those those places over. but. You, you quickly find out. Okay, this is you. You kind of march down the city and kind of leave guys in a fence around the areas you've captured already. Um, the production value on it's very good. The map is great, highly detailed. It almost looks like a Google map of it. I mean, it's it's super detailed. Um, the counters are good. They're a little small, but but they're good. They have like a almost a plastic finish on them, which which is kind of nice. Um, the game is very dicey. Um, that's that's probably my only complaint about it is you're rolling a lot of dice, but that at the same time, that also makes the game flow really well because once you kind of get the rhythm of it, it's it's just rolling dice, Um, but not in like the B-17 where you're on rails. You're actually making tactical decisions. It's just everything is resolved through dice. Uh, So basically what happens is uh, it's an area to area movement. Uh, you you'll move your marines to kind of go into an area. Um, you'll draw an NVA counter that has a variable strength of one to four, and you do combat. The combat's very simple. Um, you're just going to roll a die and look at the look at
0: the, uh, so, the, as, as the U- so as the U.S. What's your goal? You're trying to retake the city, basically.
2: You're, right. So there are victory point areas, and you have to secure. Um, there's seven of them, there's seven of nine that you actually have to secure to actually be considered to win. Um, and then if you've done that, you get a v- variable number of victory points based on other, you know, how many losses you've taken, um, if you've ignored non-victory point areas inside, um, so that the victory points actually make you pay attention to so we'll losses
0: see- and that kind of thing. Um like nva and then the u.s or does it start with like nva's already sneak attacked you and now you're trying to retake it so the the
2: whole city is uncontrolled by the u.s the the nva is completely infiltrated through this whole city and you're retaking it area by area um, and the way they've broken the areas down makes a lot of sense um historically i mean the i don't know if there's a lot of research but the the areas make sense the the flow of the game actually makes sense so basically the scenario um,
0: starting kind of like, going through it you've lost the city now you're trying to recapture it
3: right yeah
2: the NBA swept in during the tet offensive and and, and i don't even think the us i mean the A- macv was there but the NBA came in and kind of slaughtered tons and hundreds of civilians and, and kind of sat down in these areas and the the marines came in and said, "Okay, we need to we need to clear this out. This is an important city. We need we need it." Um, so yeah, you're you're kind of recapturing the city, and then the second half of the battle is going up north and and taking okay. the citadel. And
1: are the beast so game- slash NVA forces are they hidden, or do you know what the strengths are in the different
2: areas? Um, th- they're not actually on the map. You pull them out of a coffee cup, um, and, and put them on the map, and the way the combat works is there's a factor there's a strength factor on the unit Um, and say it's a four step unit or a four strength unit it it will rotate like a victory or I mean a Columbia block game so it's a four strength and then a three strength and then a two strength and then a one strength right so if it takes two hits it will rotate to be a two strength unit Um, and then the way combat works is whatever the strength of the unit is and then whatever the value of the area is so they're one through four the nba are one through four um and the u.s has strength of two through five or six two through five i think or maybe two through three um but it's it's basically strength on strength and then you roll and look at the the area you're in um against your die roll so it's it's pretty intuitive once you once you get playing it so um, so
0: so Jason, the way combat like works is solvable like once you once you figure out what they want you to do that's yes. it you're just going to yep. be able to run through it
2: well you can still lose um, because if you take a certain amount of losses it's going to be hard. you're not going to be able to have enough victory points even if you capture all of the areas you're going to have taken so many losses that that you're not going to actually have a quote-unquote victory you'll you'll have won the game but it won't be you know a a victory toward the victory conditions um but it it is pretty clear once you've played probably two or three times like okay i need to stop infiltration infiltration is the big thing um you see kind of where to attack from in order to reduce your losses Um, because certain attacks if you take a loss on the first round of combat um you end up having to rescue Marines, like that's a, a little too granular. I don't want to get into all that, but um, it it is the the tactics of it become clear after a couple plays. Um, but he, I'm past that stage, and I still enjoy playing it. Um, I still like bringing it out. It's, yeah, it's so very there's, evocative. There's, even though it's you still like replay
0: value, you still get a good time out. Right. right
2: yeah yeah it's still very evocative of of
0: the subject so you, matter you, you, for you sure. can do that booty call um, and still get the same pleasure not not the same as the first time mm-hmm. but still some pleasure out of
2: it right yeah it's a little more mechanical but it's you know still, what's going to happen at two thirty? 30 the time
3: yeah. so.
0: <laughs> that's right that's right you have to make the call.
2: exactly Exactly, and 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 even though it is solvable, and even though I've I've played it a number of times, and I and I feel like I can win almost, I, I would say seventy to eighty percent of the time I play. When you take a loss, especially with a green unit, and you end up having to, to rescue these guys, it's it's still frustrating. It's still you know you're still invested in these guys that, that you're playing with. Um, so I'll give it a nine for fun. I really enjoy this game. Um, it's one of kind of the first solo war games i really got into um found it you know early on in my exploration of war games uh, great fun i still play it uh, at and, least and once or twice called a year week in hell um and by a week in hell yeah. yep and it's from uh, and Battle- what's the Battle connection magazine.
1: between this and phantom fury huh? and do you have a preference between
2: I haven't played Phantom Fury, and I don't think they're connected at all. Phantom Fury is, I think, now, like Fallujah,
1: Afghanistan, but right? I thought it was the same designer. Is it not Fallujah. the same?
2: Designer? Oh, it might be. I don't well, know. There I, haven't, you go. I haven't played it. Um, I wonder if it's yeah, the same Rex, system. Rex,
0: don't get all meta. On maybe this. if Battle's I mean, Magazine we, is listening, we're just a couple guys <laughs> <laughs> talking about games. Okay, buddy. <laughs> kept that's right. Kept. maybe I they could send me a question, copy, and I can so talk I'm about trying to raise a level. Phantom Fury. Yeah, that sounds okay. like a fucking douchebag.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if someone has Phantom Fury. So,
0: <clears> so <throat> what I'm getting.
2: Um, but yeah, so I gave it a nine. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I, I was just going. What's up? I, I was continuing to try to oh, lock okay. I... into coming to a uh, advanced after combat con, to take blood oath. Make it in. Yourself.
1: Make it in Dallas, and it'll happen. <laughs>
0: All right, Jason. So beers. I'm on board. Kev. I'm on board. Uh, so rudely interrupted you by using Rex as proxy to ask a stupid mm-hmm. question.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> lots
2: of beers. Um, but like I said, you know, you if if you're a sloppy drunk, you might still roll a tear when when you lose some of those Marines early on. Um, so yeah, lo- lots of fun. We can help.
0: All right. Nice. Well that's boys um i'm already getting the stink eye from the wife so i'm not going to be doing the aso minute this time but i can tell you next episode it's going to be amazing but part of the reason i'm not doing it this time is because we've had such a great time talking with rex thank you we, we, we had what a lot, we had a lot of ASO ASO. talk we had many thank you very much so uh, just for the record, I want to say that, uh, again, guy pulled out of our guilt. We had a fun time, and uh, it's a blast. I got nothing. Anybody else have anything?
2: <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm spent. Oh, are we going to do one more before Christmas, or should I put a Christmas song at the end of this thing? We, we
0: could do one after Christmas, but I would <laughs> still put a Christmas song. I'd recommend song the Christmas <laughs> song. Okay. I like that. So, Rex, you got anything? Or are you good? Rex, are you all right? I'm fantastic. All right, boys. Take it easy. Bye.
3: Visit us at http colon slash 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 build slash 1660 or contact us at advance at gmail.com.